Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron L. Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home. Hack with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts, Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald, to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in and have a look around and sign up for a membership. There are no late fees, but unreturned tapes will be hunted down by our crack team of legally distinct 20-something clone samurai frogs named after artists from the French Enlightenment period who think pizza is a sometimes food. But that won't matter when you feel the cold folded steel of a katana gently slicing through your skull in front of lobe like a knife through warm butter. Will it do? This is Weird Kid Video. video <laughs> my name is Kira Jade Offitz and my husband likes video store so Mrs. Video store so much that he opened one in our kitchen and now every week he makes me and Brody listen to it watch a movie so we can discuss it how dare you mock this is weird kid video <laughs> you are a weird kid good content good start for the podcast I know let's just spend the next hour roasting kid all she's doing is just trying to create content for the like natural content for the start of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) don't draw attention to it it's so awkward when you do that is it yeah now that now it's too meta is it (laughs) I I, I don't know is it I can cut this part out (laughs) she won't I can you won't stop me (laughs) do we cut anything out of the podcast yeah we do we do Mm. Old business? You have a fact check? You forgot that you have a fact check? I did forget that I have a fact check. I, I, can, have... I can run your fact check for you if you'd like. Well, how about you tell me and then I'll tell you. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't write it down. Sorry. Yes. Fact check. Fact check. Mun Cove. Oh, that's right. Sensei, sensei uh, Crease. Not in any of the three ninja movies. Isn't he the bad guy from this... He is not in any of the three ninja movies. <laughs> Did you figure out who he might have mixed him up for? No. Huh. My world just shattered a little bit. <laughs> oh. Brody being correct does not exist in this I'm gonna I'm gonna uh <laughs> I'm gonna write down where I know him from. I'm gonna write down his name, which was Martin Cove. Martin Cove. With a K. And look him up and see where I'm mistaking him from. Yeah. I'm not I'm not in a three ninjas movie. Hmm. I could have sworn. The only thing I re- I did watch those movies as a child, but I don't really remember them very well. All I remember is that they, I was confused because they changed the child actors throughout mm. the movies, and I know that Hulk Hogan is in the third one. What? What? Oh yeah, Hulk Hogan was in the third three. Does ninjas. he play when himself? They go to Japan. He's the, he's the villain. I don't think they go to Japan. Are you mistaking Three Ninjas with the third Ninja Turtles movie? No, no, no. There's one where <laughs> they go to mega, like Mega Moon Mountain or something. No, no, no. They go to an amusement park. Oh, is that three? That's three. I thought three, three ninjas. This is not two. Was when ninjas. they went to J- Japan. I, you just said it was three. No, no. no I thought it was three, but <laughs> it must know. have been two. I don't know because they go to like some Japanese fighting tournament. Okay. And there's like a cave of gold. I, I believe no. you. It's like the only one I know. One of them. I just told you all the things I remember about Three Ninjas. <laughs> I apologize. It's fine. I remember there was an amusement park and it had Hulk Hogan in it, which was a big deal for me. Yeah, and there's like BMX riding or something. You're, again, I've told you everything I remember about the Three Ninjas movies. <laughs> so Hulk Hogan didn't play himself. He actually played a role. Yeah, he plays a role. He's in movies. Yeah, I know, but most of the movies I've seen him in, he's a, a version of Hulk Hogan. Oh, he's always a version of Hulk Hogan. 
there is uh there's a very specific Hulk Hogan film that we will definitely most definitely talk in this podcast as soon as I track it down on VHS. Have I seen oh, that you have really not seen? Oh, that's exciting. That is about wrestling. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Mm, interesting. When yeah. that's on the list, I will definitely be picking it. New business. New business. This week. We're traveling down the line using nonsense time travel science that injects you into your ancestors' body so we can talk about Future Cop, a.k.a. Trances, from the year 1985. I'm Jack Death. I'm a trooper in the 23rd century. Jack Death, Angel City PD. May I see your stats? What did I do? Under Section 7 of the Penal Code, the Council authorized me to administer you a transfer suspect examination. You can't give me a TSE without a warrant. I got your warrant right here now. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want any trouble. Hold well, on, my job is hunting transfers. I got nothing to hide. Finding them. Negative. Sending them. Look out! Of course, sometimes they find me first. Then it's a little more complicated. Location. We monitored a line disruption in Los Angeles, December 1985. Van Zant, Ash, and I all had ancestors in the city then. If you think I'm bringing that scum up the line, you got the wrong trooper. Unless you stop Whistler, everything the council has accomplished for the last 40 years will count for nothing. Okay, let's say I believe this. You're a cop from the future and you're chasing this guy, Piper. Whistler. Why doesn't he just turn you into one of these zombies? Or me? Trancing only works on squids. People with weak minds, easily controlled. Lena, I'm from another time, another world. I don't even know what you people eat for lunch. Okay, I got fried rice, egg rolls, and beef chow mein. Beef? You like from a cow? I thought it was rough in the 23rd century. I didn't know how hot it could get. I just attract a certain element no matter what century I'm in. This way, mister! Anyway, I gotta run now. I wanna ride with the lady! Over here, Ashby! Future Cop is a significantly better title than Trances. Yeah, I still don't know what Trances are. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anybody knows what Trances are, including the people in the movie. Yeah. Oh, fuck. This movie was directed by Charles Band, and Jesus, fuck me, where do I start with Charles Band? Um, he, Charles Band, the director of this movie, producer and director of this movie, has produced and, and or directed almost 400 movies. Fuck. That's a lot of Most movies. of them released directly to video and all of them in the exploitation field. He started in the late in the late 70s. Nice. Um, this guy's 
partially responsible for the growth of VHS home video. Like he made content specifically for the home video market. His stuff would sometimes get released in theaters, but usually not. Trances itself was not a hit in cinemas and was massive on home, on home video. It that feels like a home shame. video. Feels like something that would be big in home video. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's like, oh, I picked this up. It's amazing. Show my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Rather um, than parents agreeing to take their children to see it in the movies. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Um, also, it was called Trancers, and nobody knows what the fuck a trancer is. Mm. That too. If it was called Future Cup, it may have had a better go at it. It also didn't really seem like it had the budget to be a cinema release. Oh, we'll get into budget. Oh. I have a question about budget. We'll get to budget. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so more a little bit more about Charles Band. He uh, made a lot of movies in Europe as well as, as, well as in the, the United States. At one point, he owned a... Uh, a massive studio and backlot there. He bought the old Dino De Laurentiis studio after Dino um, went under. Dino De Laurentiis is a film produ- Italian film producer who produced like you know Conan the Barbarian and and all kinds of stuff. Dope. He's a dude that he's a dude that um, made lots of kind of amazing movies. He had a studio in Italy, and when it went under, uh, Charles Band bought that studio. Um, he also owned a castle in Italy, a 200-room castle in Italy. What? Yeah, where he what shot where he shot a bunch of movies. <laughs> he used well, it why as a, he you? used it as a set. He bought the castle accidentally. How do you accidentally buy a castle? Well, Oops. he was Didn't friends with his, he was into fine art and he had this Italian guy that bought fine art for him and then the Italian guy was like, "Hey, there's a castle." And Charles went, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll bid on the castle." And then accidentally bought the castle. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like that's something you would do. <laughs> I just I would love to own a castle. Yeah. I, you know, um, again, exposing ourselves. We've talked a little bit about about a kind of like a filmmaking commune yeah. that all of us, all of us would, us and all of our friends would move into. We could do it in a castle. Yeah, we could do it in the Italian, the Italian Alps. We should do it in like Scotland or one of those countries where you own land and become a lord. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. We Who gets the, to be the Lord, though? We could all be we Lords. Could, I will have it on Mondays. Which everybody will have it on Tuesdays. This <laughs> <laughs> is based on the days of the week. Charles Band. We don't have that many friends. <laughs> we, I have 10 pages of notes. We should, we should um, so Charles Band uh, worked a lot of. He was also like a produ- He also produced a, bu- a bunch of movies as opposed to directing them. Um, he worked a lot with a with a director that's also going to show up on the podcast quite a bit, uh, named Stuart Gordon, who made some like flat out fucking insane movies that we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Nice. Charles Band is of the title and poster first school of filmmaking, uh. which is I come up with a title, I come up with a with a poster, I take that title and poster to a film market, usually somewhere in Europe. I sell the movie to foreign distributors, they fund the movie, I make the movie, and then I worry about things like script and a plot. That is an excellent way to do it. Why haven't we done that? I don't know. That seems do like people the way still to get do it that? Done. It's, well, foreign markets don't really, because of streaming and stuff, that kind of foreign market doesn't exist as much as it did. In the VHS era, it meant that he's selling the movie and, and, and theatres as well. He's selling the movie to like, a dude who runs all of the theaters in like Slovakia, mm. right? And that guy pays him money to be able to distribute the movie in Slovakia or wherever, wherever it is, right? Right. So the olden day Kickstarter, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's super dodgy Kickstarter from, yeah. from the 1980s. Kickstarter's pretty dodgy. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> to give you a little bit more insight, insight into Charles Band, because he's still kicking, he's nice. still making movies. In April, I just want to make that clear, April of 2020, April. <laughs> Three weeks after a one-day shoot, one-day shoot, mm-hmm. on the eve of California's stay-at-home orders, he released a movie called Corona Zombies. Oh, no. <laughs> what a man. April of 2020. Genius. Was that just, was that luck? No, no. Well, March. So coronavirus. Right. He had came. enough time to know the he name of it. He had enough time. Fuck. What a innovator. Um, Can we see this movie? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Um, so the movie was most was made out of. He did a one day shoot with with a woman in a house, and I'm not sure if there was the and one actor in zombie makeup, right? And then the film is mostly made out of footage. Uh, from other zombie movies with redubbed dialogue oh, and that's fantastic. news footage, real life news footage. We have to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know Spin it's not podcast DVD. Dude. Oh, <laughs> I mean, we could. Here's the thing: is is that we could do the Charles Band podcast. Like we could do, yes. we could dedicate our lives to making a podcast that is just about Charles Band, and we would have content for years oh, upon years upon yes. years. But we're not going to. We have other things. I to talk have about. nothing to do, and we can do that. During lockdown, he also produced uh, two kind of sequels to Corona Zombies. Of course, he did. Uh, what a man! One of them, uh, the plot of which involves saving the Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting on all those cultural touchstones. Well, that's see, that's what Charles Band does, right? So Charles Band is an exploitation filmmaker in the keenest sense of the word, and so what that means is that if there is something happening in the world. In cinema, he will take the idea of that thing and make a cheaper, faster version that gets onto a VHS tape before <laughs> the other thing even makes it into makes it into the world. I've got a piece of information that I that I kind of was going to use use for later, but there is a very successful, big, well, not bigger budget, a big hit movie that this movie uh, is clearly taking some inspiration from. That was released five months in cinemas before this before this movie, and we'll get into that that a little bit further. Down Future Com. Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, he now has his own streaming platform for, for full full moon features, which is his, his production company. We can stream a, you can stream a bunch. Of, he got into streaming like super early. Um, you can stream a bunch of his movies on it. Um, and well, that's where we can watch Corona Zombies. He's an early adopter. <laughs> it is. You can watch Innovator. Corona Zombies on YouTube. You can rent it on YouTube, oh, which is the fantastic. other way that he makes he, that he makes money. What a renaissance man! Yeah, he he's really kind of is. he's kind of amazing. Um, I'm going to get in a little bit into my personal history with Charles Band a little bit <laughs> a little bit later. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about about the uh, Future Cop. So screenplay for Future Cop, aka Trances, was written by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I apologize. Uh, Bilson and DeMeo went on to uh, adapt the comic book The Rocketeer into a movie for Disney. Oh. Right, so same dudes. Um, that pulp comic book thing, clearly uh, kind of their style. Mm. Um, they co-created the Flash TV show from the 1990s, with, <sighs> uh, which I loved that show. I was like the right age for that show. It's very like The Rocketeer 1950s style, but in a modern day. Yep. It's, it's awesome. 
Uh, they both later moved into scripting for video games and couple a couple of James. They worked on a couple of James Bond games. Um, Bilson was a uh, a consultant in the making of The Sims. What? Um, yeah, weird. They worked Prolific. for e- they worked for EA. And they both ended up working for EA games, so they okay. worked on. They were a consultant. Um, DeMeo passed away in 2018, but his last screenplay was produced after his death, and it was directed by Spike Lee. The Five Bloods. Shut the fuck up. Yep. What the hell? I know, like weird connections. We mentioned The Five Bloods last week. Yeah. Uh, the week before. We have great through lines on this podcast. Yeah. Well done. It's just because of my brain. Yeah. You're- <laughs> my brain's all fucked up. <laughs> well done. Um, and also, this man is prolific. He has done so much. Future Cop, okay, Trances. I'm going to say that every fucking time. Stars Tim Thomason. He's in uh, hundreds of movies and TV. Bullshit! Shows. I've never seen this man before. Uh, he's in so much. He's in so much stuff. He's still working. He's still floating, floating around. He hasn't uh, hasn't had like a. Uh, I mean, but mostly in the realm of this kind of this kind of movie, um, and and TV like you know bit parts like walk on, have three lines kind of walk sure, on. Sure, sure. Still kind of still kind of going. Um, um, just before we go any further, yeah. this is a really dumb question. But sure. is future and past him the same person? Yes. I thought so. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> All right. Honestly, I'm beginning to question if you even <laughs> fucking watch these movies. I, I did. I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yep. Um, Tim Thomason will reappear on the podcast, uh, perhaps in movies like uh, Near Dark, Iron Eagle, and uh, Zone Troopers. We'll talk a little bit more about Zone Troopers a little later. Um, and Wait. Zone Troopers. Yeah, was, was that it? in this film? No, it's a trailer. Oh, yep, cool. Yep. And Helen Hunt, Academy Award winner, Helen Hunt. She is gorgeous. She's amazing. Yeah. I have a crush on her from Mad About You in the 90s with <laughs> Paul Reiser. I used to watch that sitcom like all the time. I do watch wholesome content. I'm not just a, a trash merchant. Yeah, when, when she was introduced in this film, I was like, damn, who is that? And then she turned around. I was like, oh my God, that's Helen Hunt. <laughs> yeah, her introduction is, is pretty memorable. Uh, also the star of Twister. Yes, I love Twister. So do I. That's a good fun. Such a good I don't film. make movies like that anymore. They really don't. No. Uh, she has obviously become quite an accomplished director and is still working. Huh. Um, the last thing that I saw her in was the TV series continuation of the movie Blindspotting. Uh, shout out to Blindspotting because that movie fucking rules. It really okay. does. That's, yeah, you should watch Blindspotting. It's got David Diggs, who's in uh, Hamilton in it. It's there's um a lot of fun wordplay, spoken word and stuff. But cool. it's, it's set in Oakland and deals with a lot of social really issues. Good. It's fucking amazing. Very cool. Uh, it got turned into a into a TV series. So she directed that as well. No, no, she's in the TV show what continuation of the movie. Um, she's directed some movies. I don't have the titles titles in front of me. Um, and she also directed a lot of television. She directed Mad About You episodes and all kinds oh. of other stuff. Trailers. So many trailers. Great trailers let's, too. There let's were so many trailers that happened so quickly that mm-hmm. I didn't even catch all of the trailers' names and it just felt like an 80s VHS is a fever dream to me. It was just insanity. The, and some of those trailers were so short and they kind of ran into each other, especially the first few, that I was like, wait, is this the same movie? What is happening right now? And then there were zombies. It was a whole thing. 
I would literally watch every single one. I of would those. too. Yeah, especially Zone great. Troopers. Can we see Zone Troopers? Yeah, <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that. So um, yeah, They've trailers. All got great names. Some of the trailers had like like it was wasn't clear what the titles of the of the of the movies were, and yeah. there were some fast trailers. I do want to kind of because there's quite a few of them, and we've got to talk through uh, Future Cop, aka Trances. I do want to brush through them kind of th- a little bit quickly, but we can we can kind of talk about each one. The first up, we have Matt Dillon in Rebel. You are my hero. He's a smokesher. He is, in fact, uh, from Rumblefish, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's an Australian uh, drama, a uh, musical drama set during World War II. Musical, musical. drama? Yeah, yeah. That's why wow. they were singing. That's why they were singing in the trailer. It was a very short I trailer. I thought she was just a stage performer. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Um, yeah, short trailer, also starring uh, Deborah Byrne, and Brian Brown is also in it, but Brian Brown does not appear in the oh, trailer. I love that man. Uh, as do I. Um, and then what was the next one? Young Emilio Estevez in God, he's a king. That was then, this is now. Let's move it, dude. Did you steal this thing, dude? No, actually, it's a loner. Door prize. Mark is Brian's best friend. And Brian is Mark's only friend. Big day tonight, huh? Yeah. And I hide in the backseat and watch. Well, this was fun. You ever get the feeling that the whole thing's just changing? What the hell's going on here? Sorry, man, I didn't think you'd mind. Well, I do. Why don't you grow up, man? So I can be like you? What's wrong with you, man? It seems to be able to get away with anything anymore. I want you to leave, Mark. Why are you doing this to me, brother? I got nowhere else to go, man. You're not my brother. I don't like anybody hurting me. They were always a team. You and me together, just like old times. But that was then. This is now. Is that the full name? That of the movie? is the name of the movie. Well, again, it was confusing because the title came up at the end, and then the next trailer started, and I was like, "What is happening?" I was, yeah, I was legitimately like, until I looked it up, I was like, "Is the movie called This Is Now?" Yeah, like, that's what I thought as well. Or is it, that was the, what is the name of this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Young Emilio Estevez. He looks like Kieran Culkin, kind of bit, don't you reckon? In that trailer, yeah, yeah. a little bit. He's got a yeah. he's got a Kieran Culkin uh, hairdo vibe. Yeah, and yeah. like the big eyes and everything. Yeah, yeah. sure. I was a big Emilio Estevez fan when yeah. I was a kid. He really absolute looks like his, he looks like his dad yeah, in this he, one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, this this these trailers just king after king after king. Yeah, it was every so, single one so of much better yeah. than any of the other trailers we've yeah. seen. Yeah. And then Sky Pirates. Oh, we're not was up. To, whoa, 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 we're not up to. I got some information about about about, about um. Ooh, yes, uh, so uh, that was now. This is then. It looked like a drama. Uh, I, I don't really know much about it, other than it's based on an S.E. Um, Hinton novel. She wrote The Outsiders and Rumblefish, hmm. which Matt Dillon is in. Um, and the other guy in the tra- in the in the movie trailer is Craig Sheffer, who may appear down the line in the podcasting. He Clive looked Barker's familiar. Nightbreed. 
Uh, yeah, he's been in, he's been in some stuff. He's been in stuff, but mm. very specifically, Clive Barker's Nightbreed, which as soon as I get a copy of, yeah, you look very excited yeah. about that. And then, yes, oh my god, fucking Sky Pirates. Hang on to your seats. Is this Indiana before Indiana? No, it's after. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, Indiana Jones is like the early, is like, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is like 1980. Are you kidding? No. Oh my God, Harrison Ford has aged incredibly well. (laughs) Well, this movie looks fucking old. (laughs) Once again, welcome to Distraction City, talking about fucking Harrison Ford. Um, Sky Pirates, so... Um, this is one of those movies. When I talked in the very first episode about trailers before movies and trailers that stand out to me that I remember from childhood, fucking Sky Pirates. Well, it would, mm. wouldn't it? That it, would stick in your really head. Here's the is thing. it an Aussie movie? Yes, it's an Australian movie. Fucking it's an Australian, it. clearly Indiana Jones ripoff adventure yeah. pulp thing. I had, I never saw it. It's one of those things where I saw the trailer again and again and again in front of VHS movies and wanted desperately to see it. And never saw it. We have to find a copy yeah. of this movie. <laughs> Guess what? Oh, really? Oh, I already bought it. <laughs> have you watched fantastic. it yet? Uh, no. So watch it I, cold with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we can so, watch it together. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We could do. Oh no, because then we'll fucking talk about it. Mm. Kira and I spent the entire morning walking around the house, yelling at each other, no talking, because <laughs> we can't talk about the movie before we get onto the onto the microphone. We'll but use also, we material. can then talk about like our conversations during the movie. No, we no? what we can do is. And this is a this is a future thing, and and maybe, uh, yeah, this is a future thing. Is is that maybe eventually we can do commentaries for movies? Ooh, Ooh. that'd be fun. Yeah, maybe as a treat. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. If we have, if we actually end up having people that listen to the podcast, mm. we can do commentaries as a treat. Is this one of those Australian movies that you told me about that when there was like a flood of money that came in for Australian cinema? Yeah. So there's the wave of um, a wave of tax incentives that came into Australia for mm. filmmaking in the 1980s that resulted in a, a glut of uh, exploitation movies and adventure movies and horror. We should, yeah, and we should stuff. try and do a big chunk of those if you can. Yeah, I, I mean, I th- again, I think that might even be a whole separate podcast. <laughs> like I could do a whole podcast about yeah, Australian okay. exploitation cool, cinema. Cool, cool. It would. I think it would be a spinoff of this pod, of this podcast. All right, we could legitimately. <laughs> we could legitimately spinoffs three. Oh, we're gonna four have, episodes. We're gonna have a fucking empire. Don't worry about <laughs> that. Um, we have plans. We have big plans. Big plans are big dreams. Coming back to Sky Pirates. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> Coming back to Sky Pirates, Leonard Moulton in his movie guide from 2013 derided it as assorted nonsense, boring and confusing. Oh, uh, what a review. I'm that fucking, makes me want to watch it. I'm fucking in. Yeah, <laughs> assorted nonsense. That's my life. Transylvania 65000. Oh, my God. <laughs> it began as a routine assignment. Transylvania. Where is that? I don't know. It's over there someplace. But beneath the surface. Transylvania is cute. It's cute. Of this happy land. Ah. Horror awaits them. Ah. I'm investigating Frankenstein. <laughs> and a terrible secret lurks in the shadows. Oh. Terribly sorry. We thought you were an animal. He is. Now oh. oh, they're discovering the truth. Did you see? Of the night. Shut up, you low life! I'm low. I'm low. The curse of the undead. Huh? Did you want to hurt me? Hurt you? No. Bite you? The terror of the full moon. Oh, yeah, I'm going into town. And the monster that science created. Full house. But could not destroy. This is hurt. This is hurt. Good. Everything hurts. Good time called Transylvania 6 5000. It's <laughs> good, huh? Oh, fucking hell. As soon as Jeff Goldblum showed up, which is like the first part of the trailer, I was like, I'm in. Let me let me get into this. Is it, he even the main character? It seems well, like the other guy it, is. It's him and Ed Bigley Jr. Um, Who is from a lot of things. Yeah, as well. he's also in tons, yeah. of, tons of stuff. My um, notes for Transylvania 65000 or whatever it is is. Grr, vampire. <laughs> Does this hurt? Yeah. <laughs> when so, he's po- poking the, um, the, the mummy. mummy. <laughs> it's full of so many bad gags. Oh, it's fantastic. It's clearly some type of spoof comedy yeah. that has like Frankenstein, the mummy, uh, werewolf and vampires yeah. in it. Another king, another king bloody trailer. But yeah. the best part for me was when they looked in the bush and was like, oh, we thought you were an animal. And he looks <laughs> back looks and back. goes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> what, I mean... Again, this is a. I remember the cover, the VHS cover of this movie, but I've never, but I've never seen this movie. Did you guys spot the uh, actor that was in this movie long before they were in something else? Fucking Kramer from Seinfeld. Is oh, Shut really? up. Michael, Michael Richards. What is he? I don't even know. He's like a bellhop or something. He's just the guy in the no, hotel. No, I didn't yeah, even it's, it's see Kramer that. from Seinfeld. If you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not allowed to like him after what he did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different. I didn't like yeah. it before that, but that's <laughs> oh that's okay. Fine. I didn't. I don't know anything about the man to be uh, honest. Well, I don't like Seinfeld. So oh wow, yeah, that's a whole. We can have a po- podcast about. How yes, I don't like we should. <laughs> I have strange, strange tastes. Um, do not at me. Um, <laughs> Al Pacino is the common man oh. forced into war in Revolution. All these men here, we all fought for something. You take it from us, and we're going to fight again. He was a common man forced into war fighting to protect his son. Sons go to war because fathers don't. My hand is war! Thank God you're alive. She was a woman of wealth and privilege with everything to live for and everything to lose. You cannot belong to this family and fight on the other side. They fell in love at a time when the old world was dying and a country was being born. The freedom and the musket it was the time of revolution. Now, from Erwin Winkler, 
producer of Rocky and Hugh Hudson, the director of Chariots of Fire and Greystoke, comes a story of love and courage. Al Pacino. Revolution, starring Donald Sutherland and Nastasia Kinski. Every time I see Al Pacino in anything, I feel like it's a masterclass in crazy. His face just like denotes a crazy man to me. And every time I see him acting, I just feel like he's going a little bit more insane. But in this, it seemed like he was actually like putting out his acting chops. I wouldn't mind seeing this. Well, it looked like a prestige picture. (laughs) (laughs) It legitimately looked like Oscar bait to me. Apparently a massive flop. Apparently a huge debacle. I can see that. It looked like it was made in Australia, first of all. The, well, the quality didn't look great. Not, not to rag on Australian <laughs> cinema, so weird but it looked, like, it looked like it didn't have a massive budget and looked, you know. It, this movie seems to have disappeared from time. I, like, have seen a lot of Al Pacino movies. I'm a fan of Al Pacino. I thought I had, like, you know, vaguely knew pretty much every yeah, movie Al Pacino had kind of been in, right? Yeah. I'd never fucking heard of this movie. <laughs> never heard of this movie. And it has an all-star cast, as far as I can see. Yeah. Uh, Donald Sutherland is yeah. in as well. A um, bunch of other people. Uh, Natasha Kinski. Yeah, who, I don't know where I know her from. Uh, other stuff. Mm. Yeah. I do that on every movie we look at. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where someone's from. You think Martin Coves <laughs> and Three Ninjas. Yeah, I'm pretty terrible. Uh, and then we come to Zone Troopers. So good. Aliens crashed and lost on a strange planet called Earth. Only one man can save them. I don't have much to say. Just uh, I've got fantastic written in capital oh, letters on my. <laughs> so true. The the months oh just so good. Yeah, so it's a it's a World War Two two science fiction movie where American troops encounter an alien, also starring Tim Thomason, the future cop Jack Death. Oh, um, I and thought also, it was an Aussie flick, and also produced by no, just a very Australian voiceover, and oh. also produced by Charles Band. Hey! Oh my god! And guess what? I bought this one too. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask. Um, again, another movie that I remember the trailer for really clearly, but I never got around to. So I bought the VHS from eBay. Well, that'll I, be exciting. Yes. So they'll I, look for those in the in the mix, in the picks. I can't wait until. I can't believe in this trailer there was a shot where an alien was saying, we will not help you kill your own kind. And then the very next shot, it's. Aliens marching on humans, killing them. Yeah. Helping us kill I think there's good planet. aliens and bad aliens. Yeah, it seems like there I was think multiple an, races. I think there's the an aliens. alien that, that they like end up teaming up with, and then there's other aliens that come to kill that guy. That might explain Very it. cerebral. Very thing. like EC Comics, very like Tales from the Crypt, um, Weird Tales, fantastic story. So very... Um, like pulp comic booky stuff, yeah, which is what have like a pulp comic yeah, book. Yeah, literally at the has end. it. Yeah. Literally has a. I don't know if that's in the movie or if that was just for the for the trailer. But yeah, yeah. also very Australian, Australian. It has an Australian voiceover. Yeah. Um, because it's on Australian VHS tape. But um, I would imagine it's it's not an Australian film. Hmm. Uh, my backstory with Future Cop, aka Trances, is that 
uh, I saw this movie a bunch of times as a kid and um, my relationship with Charles Band is I feel like he at least partially raised me. <laughs> like, Good, good. The covers of his movies um, and the movies themselves, like just they dominated video stores. Like you would go into the horror section in the video in video stores when I grew up and all of the standout covers, all the stuff that jumped into your brain as a kid was Charles Band movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, this VHS copy is like shorthand for what VHSs should look like. A really striking image on front and then like a film reel of what happens in the movie on the back so you don't even have to read the synopsis <laughs> and you're just in. You're just in, yeah. Quick fire list of movies. Charles Band movies that I remember from childhood. Now I didn't look this up. I just wrote these. Down. I just wrote <laughs> these down. Ghoulies, Future Cop, aka Trances, Meridian, Kiss of the Beast. Oh, that sounds amazing. Reanimator, From Beyond, Dollman, Pit and the Pendulum, Robot Jocks, Puppet, Ma- Puppet Master, Dolls, Demonic Toys. <laughs> Are just some titles. Reanimator is one I have heard of. Well, Reanimator is like no, no, is famous. Reanimator is is a famous movie. Okay, um, it's talked the about one big hit. Uh, yeah, because of there's a particular scene in Reanimator, which I will not spoil on this podcast. Damn. But anybody who's seen Reanimator, it's the scene that people talk about, um, and they talk about it in the movie American Beauty with Kevin Spacey and Wes Bentley. Oh, yeah, um, it's that's that's one of those movies. Like Reanimator is one of those movies where a kid at your school saw it should not have fucking seen it and then told every other kid in the schoolyard about about reanimator reanimator Duh. is amazing um it's also expensive to buy in vhs so <laughs> that'll be further down the line yeah i have a weird uh one degree connection to charles band Ooh. it's not like super direct and it's kind of fleeting but kira obviously knows this because we live together but have you ever noticed the american 50 dollar note that's on the fridge of my fridge there is a lot of things on there are a lot fridge. of things <laughs> So I, I, I 100% have seen it, never noticed it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a story about that 50 <laughs> Yeah. Right. Which I swear relates to Charles Band. <laughs> he said half an hour into this podcast. Um, that's the first money that I was ever paid for film work. Right. So Very when I was, cool. So when I was I eight, love that you're so nostalgic and you keep shit like that. Like I would never yeah, think means to this, do that. This man, our house is just full of shit. <laughs> no, I love it. I love that you do that. You're not a hoarder at all. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a collector. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's a difference. There is. Absolutely. Um, when I was 18, um, I did. Un, uh, I was an unpaid production assistant for a week on a documentary about wild horses in the Tindery Ranges. I think I've told you. I've, yeah, you've yeah, told me about this. About that. So one of the producers of that movie, he was a producer, kind of co-director, was a guy named Garrett Smith, who was then the VP for digital mastering operations at Paramount. Hectic. Yeah. So um, Paramount thought he was on vacation, but he was actually in Australia. Yes. During the week, uh, I spent a lot of time with him during the week because he was associated to uh, like a fucking Hollywood studio, right? So I kind of picked his brain. Yeah, totally chatted, we chatted with him at every chance that I could get. He would have loved the that. Um, he told me all kinds of stories about like working in Hollywood and like uh, oh, he told me this. I literally didn't I don't have this written down. I just remember this. He told me this story about having to go to Jack Nicholson's place to fix Jack Nicholson's projector in his theater room because the color was off and then realizing the color was off because Nicholson was wearing 
uh, sunglasses that were gradiated purple. <laughs> That's one <laughs> of those being stories. too scared to tell him that that was why his projector was off. That's definitely one of those stories that is either hundred percent true or he told you. I'm to pretty. No, I think that it's a, that's a true. That's a true, <laughs> true story. I like to believe that's a true story. So um, he told me a, a great story about about Charles Band. So Charles Band at one point had a production deal with Paramount where he would make movies for them. They would finance movies for him, and he would uh, basically release them on home video. It was how Paramount was getting into the home video market. Charles Band was ahead of his time, and so Paramount wanted to hook up with somebody that could get them into that market um, and had titles that they could put out like every week, basically. And it was basically how Charles Band kind of duped Paramount into funding his movies, and his movies got more expensive when he was uh, his budgets got bigger when he was working with Paramount. But it all went like fuck up. It all went sour when band um when paramount realized that band was using the budget of one movie to pay for things from other movies so he was shifting movie he was just shifting money around like all over the place mm. um like b- yeah borrowing money from one movie to pay for pay for the effects work for something else you know all it was just a mess it was just an entire mess and so garrett the american producer guy he was sent into band's production company to assess what belonged to what and what was actually what was finished and what was unfinished and and what the fuck was going on um as it turned out uh they thought they thought he was stealing money they mm. thought he was embezzling essentially um he wasn't he was just juggling like a motherfucker right but it and it was the end of his relationship with um with paramount um so that's the the weird connection that i have with, with i love that which i'll spend to bring and it back you can to, tell this guy is a juggler because of he's still doing shit today yeah, yeah. so uh, I had 50 dollars. yeah so the connection to the 50 dollars <laughs> to bring it back to the 50 night. so um on the last night of uh production on this documentary uh garrett slipped me the 50 dollars note as a thank you even though it was on it was unpaid and told me to look him up uh, cause he would get me a job if I ever made it to Hollywood, which I never did. <laughs> but, um, and he's still working. He uh, doesn't work. hasn't worked at Paramount for about, for about 10 or 15 years, but I looked him up and he's, um, still working in tech in the technology space. So, uh, that's well, he cool. sounds like a sweet, great man. Mm. Um, one of the things that's interesting about, uh, full moon features and something that Charles band did, and I swear we'll get to the actual fucking movie soon. <laughs> is that he did something really interesting is that he made movies where his sh- where his um characters had a shared continuity and would cross over and team up in separate separate movies mm-hmm. so you would end up with movies like he'd made the puppet master movies and he made the demonic toys movies and mm. then he made puppet master versus demonic toys yeah man and he was doing that in the 80s and 90s and his inspiration for that was the Marvel comic books he grew up watch he grew up reading in the sixties and seventies that had a bunch of crossovers. So Charles Band had a shared movie universe. Nice in the nineteen eighties and nineties, long before that was something that existed. This guy is an innovator, seriously. And like I just realized looking at the front cover of this VHS, was this the first to do the half blue, half orange cover? Oh no, probably not. Because like that is a thing. There is a there's a blue and uh yeah the blue uh, cold and warm thing going. Yeah, that is a hard thing in movie posters these days. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's everywhere. It is. Mm-hmm. I have the very distinct memory of of watching this movie with my father. We rented this movie with the title Future Cop. 
And then we rented it again with the title (laughs) Trances, thinking it was an entirely different movie and being very confused when (laughs) we were like, my dad was like, we saw this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That is too good. Um, That's because it was was released in cinemas as as, uh, Future Cop. It was released on VHS as Future Cop and then also re-released as Trances later down down the line. I remember being very excited about this movie because we also saw the second movie, Future Cop 2, and the third movie. No. No way. Because surprise, motherfuckers, there's six of these. Fuck off. (laughs) There are six Future Cop, a.k.a. Trancer movies. So is that the next... Five podcasts no, that we're no, doing. No, 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 Damn it. No. Um, is it the same characters? Yep. The last one was made in 2002. What? <laughs> is Helen Hunt in them? Helen Hunt <laughs> is in the first three. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yes. In 2013, as a bonus feature on the Blu ray for Trancers, there is a short film set between one and two <laughs> that was hacked together from an anthology movie Charles Band made in 1988 called Pulse Pounders that had, like, mini sequels to a bunch of his movies in it. Oh, wow. It runs for, like, 20-something minutes, and it was billed on the the Blu-ray as the Lost Trances sequel. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Because Charles Band would never let the truth get in in the way of sales. Yeah. Because he's a great man. I want to follow this guy. I feel like this guy should be a mentor. <laughs> we should, he knows how to hustle, man. Well, yeah. In preparation for this movie uh, and talking about this movie, don't let anyone say that I'm not committed to sparkle motion. Um, <laughs> I listened to all eight and a half hours of Charles Band's 2001, two, 2021 memoir just in case he mentioned this movie. <laughs> oh my did he God. mention this movie? In passing, okay. kind of disappointed. Deva. He did drop a piece of information, and Kira can attest to this because she walked in the room not long after it happened, and I was in a, sta- a state, of, state. state of awe. You yes. saw state. He dropped a piece of information about another movie that gave me, like, fucking chills, and Ooh. I'm so excited to talk about. In fact, it's the same movie that I wouldn't tell you about last week. Ooh. So just planting seeds for, for the future. Are of the you going to tell us what's in the lineup? No, God, no, no. I'll so tell you we when don't we get pick to it. it. I'll tell you when we get to Does it. Does this mean that we don't get to hear whatever the thing was that you no, found No, I'm not going to tell you on this podcast. What? I'm teasing. I'm Charles Banding you. You're a little tease. You need to keep tuning into the podcast. <laughs> also, don't listen, don't subscribe. <laughs> how accurate the book is uh, and how fact-checked the book was was quickly drawn into question when uh, Charles claimed that he launched the career of Lance Hendrickson, who would soon be the star, uh, star as Bishop in Alien. Mm. Do either of you okay. see the problem there? Uh, no. No? I'm assuming he's been in many things before that. Bishop isn't in the movie Alien. Oh, <laughs> shit. Bishop is a character that appears in the sequel, yes. Aliens, directed uh, by James Cameron. Well done. It's a small detail, but it's a little kind of a telling one as to the veracity of the book and how much attention to the truth Charles may have been paying. <laughs> in the book, uh, Band calls Future Cop, a.k.a. Trances, one of his favourite of his own uh, movies. Um, and mostly the, mostly the content that's in the book is actually... Uh, band reading a transcript verbatim from the Pure Cinema podcast episode where Tarantino rants about how great the premise of this movie is. <laughs> uh, so, and and then how it could be kind of remade as a big budget movie today 
Tarantino um, rants about this. Yeah, You've Tarantino told me about, about that before. Yeah, Tarantino. Uh, the, uh, Pure Cinema podcast is fantastic. It's the podcast for the new Beverly Cinema, which is the cinema that, that Tarantino owns in, in LA. Um, and he often appears, he doesn't appear in every episode of the podcast, but he appears on the podcast and they talk a lot about movies. It's a great, it's a really good podcast. Listen to Pure, Pure Cinema podcast if you don't already. Um, uh, do you guys want to take a guess on the budget of Future Cop? Oh. We'll do closest without going over. Can you tell us what an average budget at the time that this movie was made would yeah, be? Yeah, that's a good idea. Because there's I mean, an average, issue with inflation. What? Like, what's an average? What's a a big budget movie in this era is um, 1985. I don't. I'm not sure if budgets have gotten to 20 mil yet. Okay, but maybe it's sort 15 of or 20. Maybe, I mean, that would be a high budget. I think maybe. Yeah. Okay, see, that's the kind of information we need. I don't know how accurate that is. I know movie budgets got much bigger through the eighties and nineties, obviously. By the by the nineties you're looking at you're looking at eighty sixty, seventy, eighty million dollars. Yeah. So if I say I don't feel like it's over a mil, would you look at me bizarrely? Um, I would like Kira to, to uh, You need to pick a number. Okay. Please. I'm gonna say five. Oh, that's a good poll. Five million dollars? Yeah. Okay. Brody? Mm. It is written on a piece of paper in front of you. Don't look at it. <laughs> I mean, wait, my wait. notes are very small, so. Think it. Think it to me. Look in my eyes. Think it to me. I'm not, it's three Stop million. trying to trance me. I'm not a squid. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I'm going to be calling people fucking squids. I love for it. For weeks and weeks. So what did you say? You said three? I said three in the end. I, okay. I feel like it's It not was meant to be mind. closest without going over. Neither of you even got fucking close. Try $400,000. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I was... Oh. Uh, shot over... T- it was two and a half weeks. Yes, we should have known. What? This guy shot a movie in one day. Shot yeah, over but- two and a half weeks. The back of the box of this movie says that it runs for 83 minutes. Uh, that's just a fucking lie. It runs 76 minutes with <laughs> This guy is a hustler. What is his name? Charles Band. Oh, Charles Band, you God. It's just it, the movie literally runns an hour, 15 minutes with fucking credits. I oh thought it was short. It it's felt short. So oh, it was short. so good. It was punch E. <laughs> oh. So um, it's currently streaming... Uh, in 720 on Tubi. Um, I had a quick look, and there are a bunch of Full Moon movies on Tubi. Nice. Uh, which they're free, but they're ad-supported. Um, you don't even have to sign up. You could just literally press play on the movie, and it, pl- and it plays, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so I'm never, trying to it's get my first, No, no, no. It's my first <laughs> investigation of Tubi. I'd heard about Tubi. I was like, what the fuck is Tubi? I should look up Tubi before the podcast. We could become a Tubi podcast. Yeah, Tubi, reach out. Don't like that. Yeah. Subscribe. Um, <laughs> Hit us up. And in case you were wondering, the Blu-ray of Trances is currently out of print and worth about 150 Australian dollars on eBay. Wow. We have come to the premise. Do I need to um, tell you guys what a premise is? Brody's <laughs> going to do the premise for this one. I just want to point out, because I'm staring at this cover, there is a character on the cover of this video that is never in the film. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. Oh, there is? <laughs> the spiky-haired girl. Spiky-haired lady. I think she's just a punk. Yeah, from but again, like poster probably existed before the movie did. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. Like, the Charles Band of it all. Uh, okay, okay, so it's futuristic action, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> the premise of Future Cop, aka Trances. So is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Elevator pitch: A cop has to fight these bad guys called Trances, 
and uh, the bad guy goes back in time to kill the ancestors and he has to go back in time to stop him. Did I do it? That's pretty close. I mean, it's yes. still a little bit too much detail, but it's still but it was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. What, what should I have left out? The detail. <laughs> it's just meant to be like top line. Is it yeah. just cop goes back in time? Yeah, uh, it, it. You know, in the in the future, a cop, uh, a futuristic cop goes back in time to to stop uh, to stop trances who want to kill. I don't know. Anyway, that's the same thing he just said, just in a different order. <laughs> Perhaps I could have said a twenty third crime fighter heating it up in LA today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. It is in the Halliwell's film and TV nice. guide from the year 2000. Um, let me just read the entry of Trances for you, if I can find it. Oh, yeah, because uh, it's right above Trances 2 and Trances 3. <laughs> their prim- their um, recap of the premise, a tough policeman, Jack Death, is sent from the future into the present day to hunt down a villain who wants to take over the world by creating trances, weak-willed and violent individuals under his psychic influence. The review... Engaging and occasionally witty, low-budget science fiction action movie featuring a hero with a manner of a world-weary private eye of the 1930s. Which is fairly accurate and less cutting than we have, than we have yeah, seen. Yeah, that was hmm. kinder than some of the other. Yeah, because... Can we talk about the movie yet? Yeah, we can totally talk about the movie. Because it was just fucking great. No <laughs> notes. No notes on this movie. It was perfect. No, it's absolute fucking trash. I hate it. No, no. Not. I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a fucking great movie. It is. It is. Honestly, when they said there were moments of wit, like, that is so true. There are moments that I was just like, fucking it's, great. It's like, okay, so it is... Clearly a movie that's constrained by its budget and yeah. it's a two and a half week shoot. But it is full of ideas. It's mm. full of it's full of inventiveness. The way that they've made that futuristic car that's in like two shots, I was like, well done. Oh, we'll get to some specifics about that. They, they hobbled together a bunch of shit and yeah. made it look so stylized. I loved how good it was. Kira? I really liked it. I really liked it. That's all you got? That's all I've got. That's all I got. You'll have more when we get into the specifics. Yep. Let's recap uh, Future Cop, a.k.a. Trances. Mm. So we start in uh, 2247. Yeah. Oh, um, it's this. Yeah. Is this before Blade Runner? No. <laughs> so it lifted a lot of things from oh, yeah. Blade Runner. That's okay. literally like in my notes. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it lots of neon so that you know it's the future, mm-hmm. even though there's also lots of neon in the 1980s. Yeah. So um, we get we, we begin with a, a classic film noir voiceover of a detective, Jack Death. Fantastic. Uh, as Jack pulls up in front of a diner and immediately, yeah, it's trying to fucking be Blade Runner. Like it literally just lifts its future from, from Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, down to the design of the car parked out the front that was built by the guy that built the cars for Blade Runner. Oh, of course. <laughs> because he was a friend of Charles Band. I, there's every chance that they just took one of the cars from Blade Runner. Oh, no, the, it the is car that's par- together. The car that's parked out front of the diner, not Jack's car, yeah. the car that's parked out the front of the diner is like the, an exact lift yeah, okay. of the cars from, from, uh, from Blade Runner. It's like a classic kind of exposition uh, VO where we find out that Jack has just singed yes, great. Whistler Love it. out on one of the rim planets. And see, this is the thing, like singed makes so much sense. Yeah, it's great. Because the trances makes, dissolve. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and then um, like laser burn into nothingness. Oh, it's great. And also, why is there no more narration throughout the rest of the film? Oh, because they just want to, they just want to, 
do oh, the. I loved it. They just want to do the it, like you know the 1950s cop noir thing. kind cop, of shit. Yeah, yeah, the cop thing, and then and then move on to, move on to it. Um, Jack is now hunting down the rest of his cult of trances, <laughs> psychic slaves not really alive and not dead enough. Yeah, are they zombies or are they? Oh, uh, what are trances? Yeah, what the fuck are they? Yeah, what I are trances? They were, I thought they were zombies. I wrote zombies, fast zombies. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't. Oh, the movie for a movie that literally its title was trances. It doesn't know what trances are. It really it doesn't, doesn't really care what trances are. I don't think it matters what trances are. And I love that he says in that opening VO that they're not alive, not really dead, because he tries to convince a trance later in the film to like not be tranced anymore. <laughs> and it's like, wait, is he dead or no? <laughs> can he choose not to be a yeah. trance? And like, can they switch and flip back from being trances and I being? Think they human? need like, to have strong wills. Mm, yeah. It's it's um it's real confusing, but it doesn't matter. It really it doesn't does fucking affect fucking the film at, at all. all. Yeah. <laughs> um. So inside he goes inside the diner where there's only one patron, and um the waitress asks him what he wants, and he says, "Real coffee." That's yeah, gonna you cast you. You would not survive. Oh, in I'd the fucking future. die. Mm. If, if coffee I, was a luxury, that would be a problem. I mean, I would. It would, it would be like heroin. I would spend all my. I would steal things so that I could <laughs> pay for my coffee. For coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like I'm, you do with your I'm heroin honestly, now. Yeah, I mean exactly like I do with my heroin. Um, yeah, no, it makes me realize that I'm essentially two steps away from being a junkie. It's just that I can walk into a supermarket or a store that sells yeah, my totally. my drug of choice. <laughs> I mean, um, we're I all mean, I'm on drinking, like coffee. I'm drinking for coffee. Today. I'm drinking coffee right now. Yeah. Four. This is like fucking six. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Death uses a, a, a bracelet to test if the man sitting in the counter in the diner is a trancer. Never uh, done again. A TSC. You can't do a TSC without a warrant. Oh, brilliant. Uh, a transfer sub, sub, <laughs> Jesus Christ, a transfer suspect examination. <laughs> uh, the man objects and death just pulls a gun on him straight away. Yeah, it's so good. Because yep. he's a badass. Yeah. Jack Death, Angel City PD, may I see your stats? What did I do? Under Section 7 of the Penal Code, the council authorized me to administer you a transfer suspect examination. You can't give me a TSE without a warrant. I got your warrant right here, pal. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want any trouble. Here's my warrant. <laughs> <laughs> tropes. Tropes everywhere. Yep. You get a trope and you get a trope. Yes. Everyone gets a trope. Um, but then there's a swerve in that he mm-hmm. is not the transfer. It is the old lady behind the counter who yeah. is now a zombie. Yeah. yeah. Comes at him with a butcher's knife. Oh, she does all kinds of stuff. She tries to bite him. Yeah, she yeah. jumps over the counter and tries to, and tries to bite him. Um, I definitely thought that was going to come back. Like, it, is the bite going to affect I know, like, him? It's yeah. such a zombie thing. It's like, oh, fuck, he's going to be infected. He's going to be a trancer. Yeah, but, he's going to have to deal no. with this later on. And no, like, no, no, no. Oh. It's just her weapon of choice. It's yeah. her teeth. As is most of the trances, they all seem to like biting people. Exactly. That's why I thought it was going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was also I guess a it's because they're like animalistic. Yeah. Well, they've lost their humanity, I guess. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I guess that makes you biting. And they're psychic slaves to Whistler. Mm. 
Can I just say, like, there is a moment in this fight where his gun. Oh, yeah. The, I've got. The, so, yeah. There's actually really good storytelling, <laughs> like, solid storytelling in Thank the fight. You. Yes. Like, surprisingly well crafted sequence of the fight. Yeah. Like, the punching and the, the, like, the stunt choreo is not that good, but the storytelling in the fight is fucking great. So, Death loses his gun into a pot of soup. Yeah. Which the lady then uses to pour over him. Yeah. Not a smart move on her behalf. Well, it, it's hot, but he no-sells it like a motherfucker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then he goes to pick up his gun, and his gun is hot. Yes, so it's been good. Because it was in the soup. Um, Such a genius moment. It's really clever. It's really fun. Um, she throws a knife at him, um, and he pulls it. Literally seconds later, he, she throws a knife. He pulls the 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 knife out and touches his gun again, and his gun is like just magically yeah. cool now. <laughs> like it doesn't like it burned the first time, but the second time I touched it, or maybe he's just tough enough that he can. Yeah, now he knows le- it's got, hot. He can mentally stand. He's it. got leathery trooper hands. Yeah, um, and then he uh, shoots his laser gun at her, which just shoots a chunk of her off, <laughs> but that seems to be enough to kill her. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, as we said before, her body disintegrates yeah, so because they, she's a trancer, they, apparently. They glow red and leave behind basically ash because they're singed. Who else thought that was a aspect of the gun? Well, it is kind of... The singeing gets kind of confusing in terms of like she singes straight away and then later somebody singes like what must seems like 10 or 15 minutes after the yep. shot. Yeah. And also I thought, it, yeah, I thought it was the laser, but someone also gets singed later when they're shot with regular bullets. Yeah. So maybe it's an aspect of being a trancer. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. The, the, the psychic energy gets too hot and it burns you up. And also vampires. <laughs> vampires. <laughs> well, so that there's no evidence. Oh I, yeah. Like yeah. they just dust. I guess yep. it's weird. That's, see, that could have been another thing that came up later in the film. But it doesn't. But it doesn't. It doesn't need to. Um, there are so many points in this film where it's like, oh, that could have been a really great point, but it fucking doesn't matter whatsoever. I think that it's just having this movie. It's punchy. It doesn't need the like deeper hooks. And also different from the previous movies that we've watched in that this movie knows what it is. Yeah. Like this movie is self-aware. Like Charles Band knows that he's making a junky science fiction movie that just has all the shit he likes in it. <laughs> yeah. Like So like, oh, there's zombies. Oh, there, there's lasers. Oh, it's the future. Oh, I there's fear- <laughs> time travel. Like it doesn't, none of it fit really fits together but it's just because it's a dude who's literally just loves all this shit and is just throwing as much of his as he can and he has like he has good ideas and a four hundred thousand dollar budget and two and a half weeks yeah i feel like there are a lot of directing moments going it doesn't matter like just do it it does it really matter no. like i feel like it was him talking to the actors they had questions and he was just like no no it no, doesn't no, matter no, no. it I, doesn't matter yeah no. <laughs> well I, so one thing that that also that did come out of the book is that is that this and this is kind of crazy. So the two screenwriters, one of the screenwriters was like a second assistant camera operator. He was not accredited as screenwriter before this movie. He'd been working on it with, I can't remember which one of them it was, but he had been working on it with his screenwriting partner. And apparently Tim Thomason, Jack Death, was also like kind of slightly involved in the development. Like he basically like tried to get them to write the movie for him. Right. Like he sold himself hard. Like this is a move. This is a role he wanted to play like desperately. And all of that kind of, kind of, kind of comes through. Definitely. Definitely does. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's absolutely, yeah, both. I should also just give credit to the writers as well because it's not written by the director, Charles Band. So a lot of the ideas obviously came from the, from the screenplay as well. So we should give those guys credits as well. But it's clearly people just putting all the shit that they want to do into a, yeah. into, a, into a single movie. Jack goes outside and meets <laughs> and just tropes it up with his boss, his angry, angry boss, this Nick is Nolte. The, this is the quickest renegade cop quitting it's scene It's like literally, ever. like, it's like, the first, it's the first two acts of any other cop movie in ten <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yes, there's so much going on. Um, before we get into it, um, McNulty is played by Art Lafleur. Yeah, um, who's an actor that's in tons of stuff. He's in Field of Dreams, uh, the Kevin Costner baseball movie that makes me cry like a baby. Yeah, he also plays Babe Ruth, another baseball player in The Sandlot. He's like a big actor. Everyone knows he's a character actor. He's yeah. like around in stuff. Yeah, so yeah. he's in The Sandlot. Um, I just want to name check the Sandlot because I didn't just watch trash movies when I was a child. I actually watched kids movies as well. Mm-hmm. And Kira, you would know Art LaFleur as the Tooth Fairy in the Santa Claus 2 and 3. Oh, I thought I recognised him. Oh, yeah. Um, McNulty is a very common cop name. I feel like yeah. I feel like there are lots of cops called McNulty. There's like McNulty, Trask. McNulty from The Wire. Yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind. But yeah. I feel like I've heard that name in this Definitely. kind of context. Yeah, it's, it's an Irish Irish cop name. Yeah. Yeah, very much it's so. It's nice to know that that makes it to the future. <laughs> well, lots of things make it to the future. <laughs> Not LA. No. No. Not LA, no. Um, um, d- this is a really, like, throughout this movie, there is a really strong, like, thread of this could possibly really be the Earth's future because it's the environment's fucked. They talk about a big quake that is like definitely possible. The big quake is in lots of movies about about kind of LA, but like I mean, it's it's lots for, of there's lots for of a crazy sci-fi movie. A lot of it could be real. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna let you have that. Sure. Um, yeah, there are a lot of movies where like there's a quake in LA and that's the setup for our movie. You know, yeah. like yeah. And what's isn't left? LA on it. On a fault line, fault yeah. line and everybody yeah. thinks a big yeah, yeah. earthquake is coming. Like, I mean, like that rock movie. Oh, San Andreas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or Escape from L.A. Yeah. The yeah. sequel to Escape from New York, where L.A. is a, uh, is a prison island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we need it to be the same movie as Escape from New York. Yeah. McNulty chews Death out for, for not doing his other duties and Death throws his badge away because he's obsessed with killing trances. <laughs> yeah. Is this where it gets introduced that they killed his wife? Yeah. Uh, As okay. Death drives away, McNulty tells another rando trooper <laughs> that Death was a good cop until a trance had killed his wife. <laughs> yeah. See, this is weird because McNulty seems in that moment to get Death and he gets like, oh, Jack's a good guy. You know, like he's a good guy, but he's on a mission, you know? Yeah. And then later in the film, he's like, fuck that dude. Like, I don't even like him. Their yeah. relationship is pretty, incons- is yeah. pretty inconsistent. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's amazing. It really is. Good. Uh, seriously, tropes everywhere. Yeah, so dead, many tropes. Dead wife cop with the dead wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we it's, have to care about him. Yeah, he has to have a motivation. I mean, I'm surprised we didn't see some sort of flashback of them being in love. Yeah, I couldn't afford flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> there's literally one scene in the future. There's oh no, there's more than one scene in the future. But like in terms of locations, we get the outside of that diner. We get a science lab and, and the beach and. And a beach, which is yep. where we're going next. Yes. Death takes uh, spend, spending his retirement uh, diving in the, so, in the ruins of uh, Los Angeles off the coastline. Yeah, it fully becomes Planet of the Apes for like a shot. 
Yeah. It could even be the same beach. I would yeah. not be surprised yeah. if they just used the same beach from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> that beach has been used in lots of lots of movies. Um, and there's a there's some fun uh, old fashioned there's a fun old fashioned matte painting of the of the buildings out in the ocean. Um, he finds a street sign for Sunset Boulevard covered in barnacles, and McNulty shows up on the beach with some backup troopers who are very aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a great scene. Another. Ten, ten points in. Death isn't interested. McNulty tells Death he's been summoned by the council. Which is an honour. Which is an honour. And Death death is like, fuck him. Literally <laughs> says, fuck him. Damn it, Jack. The council needs you. Fuck him. Best, see, this is, this is what I'm talking about. There are moments in this that is like, yeah, it's tropes everywhere. But there are also moments, little moments in this film where it's just completely subverts what you think he's going to do. And it's like, oh, he has a duty. He should go in. That would be the trope. No, nope, this guy's a fucking badass. He's just like, fuck him. I don't care. And then what did you guys think of the staging of, of death walking into the ocean oh, and being multi-following? Yeah. I'm so glad he brought that up. Just walks into the ocean. And also the timing of when he goes, Whistler's back and he's already dived into the ocean and then pops up he was, like he could have stopped. He was fucking two steps behind him before they walked into the walked into the water. He could have just yelled. He could have like opened with Whistler's back. The council summoned you. Yeah. 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 And he probably would have gotten his way and not had to get his pants wet. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just walked straight in there. No like moment of like Oh, I'm gonna walk in there. Like he does look at his pants after afterwards. Yeah, I, I, and sorry, but to go back before he walks away, the trooper as as death turns his back, there's a trooper that raises his gun like he's gonna <laughs> shoot <laughs> death in the back, and then he looks at McNulty for approval, and McNulty's like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's fucking great. The staging is just it's just insane choices. But I love I insane say- choices. Him swimming through LA and like being like, oh, I just found the Chinese theater. Uh, uh, I might go check it out before the storm hits. Great little sprinkle of like a detail that might come back later. It doesn't come it back. It definitely does the come Chinese back later. Theater does not. No, not the Chinese theater. The but swimming the way, comes yeah, back. Yeah, the yeah. swimming comes back. Yeah. Which is, I love, I do love And how yeah, like he's like cute. actually exploring LA. I love that. I really did. Uh, moving on to the council. Uh, death is a trooper again. The design of the council is very like damp, bla- damp Blade Runner. Um, yeah, there's a lot of standing water, which is seems just like a good way to get mold. And also, <laughs> like the building is very strong. Um, the building is a model. Yeah, there is a model shot of the outside of the building with a with a model car and a model hill, and it's real cheap. <laughs> but even the inside of the building is very strong. Um, Blade Runner vibes. As oh yeah, well. totally. it's yeah. absolutely. I mean, there's the, the so, brutalistic kind of yeah, dark water vibe. stuff. There's um, there's even a little even stuff like the, so. In Blade Runner, Deckard's apartment has a very particular type of um, like kind of Aztec designed stone, and yep. there is a which is actually taken from a real house in LA. And there Very is a cool. there. I love that house, the Annis Brown House, or I Annis think it's just Brown. called the Annis House. It's okay. a Frank Lloyd Wright house in LA, and it's is that gorgeous. The one that you always it's point in, out? Yes, because it's in tons of movies. It's the Bad Guys Lair in Karate Kid Part Three. Cool. It's in tons of fucking movies. Yes, it's all over the place. And um, but anyway, in the council, there's even a similar type of stone print that, like, my eye goes, oh yeah, you just looked at Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Took that, took that design. We're in Blade Runner now. We're gonna steal from something else later. Um, that's that's actually the funny thing because it's so hard Blade Runner like even the colours and tones of the actual film 
that beach shot is such a hard contrast. That's why when you, as soon as you see, you're like, oh, Planet of the Apes, no, no longer Blade Runner, and then straight back into Blade Runner. Yeah. It so is very weird. We meet the two remaining council members who tell Death that Whistler has travelled back in time 300 years down the line hmm. where he killed a member of the council's ancestor, thus wiping them out from time. And that he left a very convenient hologram to explain his plan. Yeah, he just tells his enemies his entire plan and exactly where he'll be and how they can stop him. (laughs) Greetings to the council. As you may have gathered, I have survived the pathetic trap set by Trooper Death for Mekon 7. For 12 long years, you have hunted my disciples like dogs. I've synthesized your time drug, and in a moment shall retreat down the dark corridors of history. Know that it is I who am solely responsible for your demise. One by one, your ancestors shall be murdered, and you, their progeny, shall cease to exist. Then shall I return, join my legion, and claim the seat of power for my own. Otherwise, they because he wants the credit. <laughs> he wants the credit, and also Death has thinks he's already killed Whistler. So, uh, you know, the movie doesn't happen if if they don't yeah. know where Whistler went. But from went. the perspective <laughs> of the characters, it's like, why would you do that? Just go and kill the people, and every, while well, everybody still thinks you're dead, so that they're not less likely to go after you yeah. and stop you. Yeah, but like, yeah, he needs to assemble these people. But like, I think I just discovered a plot hole. You know how he like only has. I'm jumping ahead here, so feel free to shut me down. But you know how in the end when it's like, oh, there's only one thing to send us back to the future. How is he going to get back to the future? When he sends himself, how is he meant to come back to the future? He had two of them. Whistler. How is Whistler thinking he's coming back? Well, he probably has one too somewhere. Well, then death could. Go find his one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I would say, but like, he, obviously, yeah. he's not because of what happens in the ending. But yeah, yeah, we jumped, we jumped super ahead. But I think that's okay. That's a good, that is a good question, and it did not occur, it did not mm. occur to me at all. We learned that the council can send death back to down the line mm. uh, to his ancestor. Um, oh, before that, um, adieu. Yes, thank you. I didn't even and write little, that down because I didn't think any of you would hear little, that. And a little kiss. Yeah, the the, the way he says a duel. Like fully hard on the R is so weird. Yeah, Whistler, <laughs> Whistler gives a little a nice little sign off. Yeah, I wish that that came back. I wish that. I really hope that did. Yeah. Um, and then we learned that in uh, 1985, Philip Death is a is a journalist, and that time travel in this movie involves taking over your ancestors' body. Yes, but they can teleport quick- things. Yes. Yeah. Why can't they just teleport the people? Well. <laughs> Time travel in movies, I suppose we should talk You need an organic cover if you're going to send a human life back like Terminator. Terminator rules. That's what I was going to mention is I was going to ask you if there was a movie that this felt similar to. Uh, Is Terminator the movie that came out five months before? Terminator is is the movie that came out five months before. I thought it was. Yeah, because basically we shift from Blade Runner to Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And here's the fun thing. There are a bunch of 
uh, Terminator knockoffs that we will be enjoying. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Like, say, Terminator with a witch and a witch hunter coming forward in time. Dope. I feel like I've seen that. Why does that premise sound so rem- memorable? Can you give me the title? It's called Warlock. Nah, nah. I don't know. Because uh, if anyone's listening to the podcast, they would be screaming. Warlock, <laughs> are you? Um, there's, also, there's also kind of Terminator with aliens called Ooh. The Hidden. Which is amazing. Okay. Um, they they all involve whether or not there's actual time travel or not. What they involve is a good person from somewhere else chasing yep. a bad person from somewhere else, either through time or space. Yeah. Right. So there is a kind of run of those kind of movies. Um, both Warlock and The Hidden are fucking awesome. I own Warlock on VHS. Yes, dope. Um. And I am look, actively looking for for a copy of the hidden. Is this the moment where we're in? Are we still talking to the council, we're still or are we to, in the other room? I think we've moved into the science to the science room at this point into, okay. into the lab. The chick in that room, the with the full eighties hairdo, mm-hmm. oh smoke show! But also hardcore fucking eighties. That is the most eighties at any point I of mean, the film, I even mean, when they're in the eighties. I mean, Jack Death is wearing shoulder pads the whole time. <laughs> In, at least in his in the uh, in the future stuff, he has massive shoulder pads. Yes, okay, and a <laughs> and a cool scar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <sighs> we find out that uh, Whistler's ancestor uh, Wiseling is a detective in 1985, which is that's going to. I only just clicked that Wiseling and Whistler are close. <laughs> is that Christ. on purpose? Of course it is. No, nothing in a movie is ever on purpose, Brody. <laughs> And that when you talk, <laughs> fucking idiot, this fucking guy. Oh no, this fucking guy. Who brought him? Um, and that when you travel down the line, your body is put into some type of suspended animation. Yeah. Um, death just blows up Whistler's body. Again, this is yeah, another point I that was just think- so good. But also, where does Whistle, when he send at the end when he sends Whistler back? Where does he well, go? We'll get, to, no we'll, get to, we'll get to that. There's no stops. But he. Oblivion. Yep. And that they use injection to make your mind travel. Yeah. 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 That I, I didn't find that weird. I was like future technology. But like we just need to come back to the moment where he blows up the body. So he says That's on my terms. My God. It's it's on my terms. And like just straight away just blows him up. All the all the like renegade cop shit. You see, it's like, oh, he wants to do something, but he won't do it because he's really a good guy. No, nah, this guy just fucking kills a dead body. No trial, nothing. He does. He's not a fucking cop. He is a straight up murderer. Yeah, because he's hunting trances because they killed his wife. Yeah, yeah, full on best. I loved it. I actually really like the effect of the body blow up. The body body yeah. blow up has like weird. Uh, it's got like sparks and shit in it. It's kind of kind of yeah, not consistent with just, what happened to the person who we've seen get shot already. Yeah, but they were a trancer. They singed. Oh, true. Whistler is yes, not a trancer. He controls the trances. How did he learn to trance? We'll never know. Maybe he <laughs> went to trance academy. He just has a power or some ability. Who knows? Yep. There is also a line in this scene that is Death talking to the hardcore 80s chick. Um, the scientist. Yeah. The scientist, who is also maybe a coroner. And also his ex, maybe. Yes, definitely, definitely his, his ex. He asks, how long ago did you get something? And she just goes, ages ago. 
And that's all there is to that conversation. It was so weird and just did not need to be in the script whatsoever. A fucking beautiful, beautiful dialogue. They give him a gun with two vials in the group that will send him and Whistler back up the line in the future. Um, to the future. And his watch, which will gain him a long second. It turns one second into ten seconds. Cool concept. With freedom of movement. Uh, <laughs> to which Death says to the scientists, Could have used that on her last date. Let's give it a try. <laughs> yeah. Also, is that a joke about how long he lasts? Or is that a just about like trying to enjoy it? Because I feel like it was a self-burn and they're rare. Yep, I, I don't know. <laughs> you, you can read into that how, whatever you like. <laughs> um, uh, he's got also got photos of the council members' ancestors, um, one of which is a baseball card for a player named Hap Ashby. Um, and there is no elaborate effects works for the time travel. We just hard cut yeah. to Philip Death shaving in a mirror in 1985. Surprised he didn't cut himself. Yeah. But also, how is that just, we're going to send you back in time, then next scene. Ah! <laughs> that's that's $400,000 and two and a half weeks of shooting oh, and finding a, creati- a creative solution. Yeah. Well, yep. no, 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 we don't need to do like, we don't need to do like electricity and a glowing orb like in the Terminator. We'll just cut. Honestly, that we could, could have just been, use an edit. You could have just used like a uh, like wavy kind of edit to go to the Some next type of scene. Star wipe, yeah, and like a glowing light on the on the shit that they inject him with. That would have cost it, two bucks. N- nope, just cut. <laughs> just just slice two pieces of motion picture film together. Yeah. Also, I loved that he was midway through shaving. So this man has just been sent back in time and now has to. Finish shaving is the first which, thing he which, does. Which he doesn't do. He just wipes the shaving cream off his face. Yeah. And then is still that. perfectly shamed. <laughs> um, a box appears. Yes, they can teleport. Why are they not? Well, in Terminator, the reason that they come back naked is because they can't transport anything other than organic matter, right? And in this, they can send metal, but they mm. can't send organic matter. <laughs> But I actually can thought send photos it was, as well. Photos, yeah. The, the, the funny thing is, is I actually thought it was a really clever way to do time travel because it's like, oh, they're sending them back in the same body. So it's like whatever they did won't be affected by like an extra being being in time. It's yeah. what this being is doing. Yeah. Right? So it kind of it creates different causality issues, but yeah, also solves yeah. a causality issue. I was issue. confused exactly. before, kind of, before the I mean, stuff time travel is a fucking mess. Like yeah. my fav- one of my favorite lines in a movie of all time is Bruce Willis and Jessica Gordon sitting in a diner in Lupo. Yeah. And Bruce Willis is like, we're not going to f- sit here and fucking explain this thing with straws. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because that's how I think you should treat time travel because the second that you try to explain it, it fucking falls apart. Yeah. It did confuse me before the box actually turned up because it's like they gave him all this stuff and, and then, then, and then it? it's like, well, you didn't get, you're not moving. So how do you go? Oh, it's okay. It's going to just It's just going to zap into, yeah. into existence. But yeah. there was that moment of, wait, how did he bring a gun but not himself? I don't understand. And then, yeah. yeah. It, luckily it explained itself quite quickly. Otherwise I would have got hung up on that. <laughs> <laughs> we get our introduction of uh, Helen Hunt as Lena. And you're right. It's a, it's like a, it's a grabbing introduction. Oof. Absolute smoke show. Yeah. 
It's pro- you know, it's a little gratuitous, but that is is of its age where we yeah. see her getting dressed from and dressed from behind. But she's like, it's actually it's, a, it's a gorgeous image. Yeah, like, it's, it's just, she's cutting a silhouette in like uh, she's not even silhouette. She, it's very yeah, it's very sorry. plainly lit. But you're seeing her from behind against a window yeah. where you see Monnelle and she's putting on a, a leotard essentially. Yeah. essentially, yeah. Um, <laughs> now one of the best lines in any. Film oh my god! Is we will, up. Uh, yeah, give me a second. We'll okay. come to the best. We'll come to the best line. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't even. So, yeah, we, we are there. So <laughs> death is, I, I need a minute. I need to take a second. Death is kind of getting used to his body. And we get Lena asking him a question. If death meant what he said last night. Oh. Did everybody write it down? Yes. I didn't write it down, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Can you paraphrase it for us, Kira? No, I cannot. Can Brody? <laughs> uh, I wrote down two words, which I think you know what they are. Were they ethereal but- and union? Yes. <laughs> what did I say last night? Phil, come on. You said that making love to me was like the ethereal union of two lost souls. Oh, <laughs> so good. And so out of nowhere. It's just insane piece of dialogue. But the response is the best thing ever. <laughs> when he's like, yeah, it yeah. probably was. <laughs> <laughs> because he looks her up and down and says, yeah, it probably was. And the thing is, is that. Helen Hunt pulls that fucking line off. Yeah. Like, it is a horrendous line of Not dialogue. Not many people could but have pull off that line. But she almost pulls that line the, Almost that line is off. the key. Almost. Yeah, I think it's real It's real close. And I I mean, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and I watched it. Once again, I watched it like two and a half times for the, for the, for the podcast. And is she – is it a one-night stand? Yes. 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 But I think, also, but I think the, when she wakes up, she doesn't want it to be. And then by the time she gets dropped off, she's like, thank God it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of what it kind of reads Cause, like. Yeah. Because if it wasn't a one night stand, then she wouldn't need to ask if he, she gave him her number. Yeah, yeah. But there's also, there's other stuff that makes me think that they, they it's his girlfriend. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, Lena's late for work and she puts on her uh, Christmas Santa, yeah. her Santa outfit. Is this a Christmas movie? Yeah, thank you. Get out of my head on this podcast. Seriously. I know that Kira's sitting there going, he's going to say it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> I have it in my notes. Is Ken going to think this is a Christmas movie? It's a Christmas movie. But like, first of all, what's well, his name? Well, it's a movie that takes place at Christmas. I would actually I would actually say this is not a Christmas movie. It is it's not a, a Christmas movie. It's a movie that takes place at Christmas. Unlike. Yep. There's not enough Christmassiness yep. in it for it to be a Christmas movie. It's not Christmas isn't a plot point in the yes. movie. But I will just say that this fucking hustler is making it at Christmas to try and make it one of those films that are just like at, set at Christmas time because Yeah, I don't know it's it why is it set Christmas? Like there's no reason. I think it's a tick box that he he was like movies that are set at Christmas sells good, so this hustler was just like let's put it at Christmas. Maybe. Or he had access to some Santa outfits. Yeah. Or maybe he's gotten full sci-fi maybe in about it. Maybe there's a off Die Hard. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Reference in Die Hard. But like maybe he it's got another full... popular movie from around the same time. But there's also a moment where he's like, oh, it's June where he was. Yeah, Ju- June or July in, in Angel City. Yeah, so are they making a comment that like time has changed because like, I don't Do know, maybe like the poles have flipped or something in the future? Well, no, because he's intentionally go like they didn't say you're going back exactly three hundred years ago. They said to you're the going day. back to this date. They seem to be able to. They seem to be able to pick a moment in time. Uh, okay, how they have control when it's a 
vial of yeah. liquid that they inject in you. And if that's the case, why not send him back to before Thingo went back in time? One, yeah, why not send time? him time? Yeah, before or, or before yeah before the other council member was killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like why not send? I didn't even think about that. Why not send a Terminator back to 1832 to kill John Connors? Yep. Where like, nothing could kill him. Yeah, which is one of my complaints. This is a oh, distraction city. Distraction <laughs> yeah, rant no, city. let's do it. It's one of my things about Terminator movies. Why the fuck are the Terminator movies always set in whatever the modern, modern era is? Why have we not had a Terminator movie that is set in, in the, during the American Revolutionary War? Like, why are we Brilliant. not getting more interesting things? But see, that's smart because the... America is a mess at that time. Can, a Terminator could get away with anything. So there's so many more creative and interesting things you could do with that franchise. And that franchise has been has been the Connors and the legacy casting of Schwarzenegger and and Hamilton are an albatross around the neck of that fucking franchise. You could do so many more interesting things. That's a big call. The new there is a new Predator movie coming called Prey. Um, unfortunately, it seems like it's coming exclusively to Hulu, which is kind of dis- disappointing. Um, it is a predator against Native Americans in America. In America, Dope. it sounds fucking amazing. Death puts on a trench coat, pops his collar, and slicks back his That's hand right. to Lena's dismay because second best line ever. Dry hairs for squids. <laughs> Dry hair is for squids. What are you doing? Dry hairs for squids. Let's get out of here. Yes. High five that fucking line. That was Kira and Brody high fiving. I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm so just going to stop calling people squids. Yeah. That is the best thing. He fully just stops, remakes his look from the future so that he can just go and doesn't want to blend in. He's wearing a trench coat yeah. in LA. In what <laughs> is clearly, uh, I don't know. Oh, well, it's December. So it's still warm. It's winter, but it's still warm in LA. And like tartan underneath the trench coat. Oh, it was God. a very odd trench coat. Yep. Um, well, that's all that Philip had. Death, I like it. Death drives like a maniac. Um, he drops Lena off at the mall where she works um, and follows her because suddenly instead of his obsession with trances, he's kind of obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, so he grabs her arm weirdly and like, he's like, am, am I going to see you tonight? Yeah. It's like, it's just strange. Strangely, he gets like physically aggressive with her and I'm going to see you tonight. And like, Dude, you're here to kill Trinkers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He like fully falls in love with a woman that is probably his great great grandma oh, just straight off the bat. I mean spoilers, but no, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not spoiling. Like he would have to assume that anyone that Philip has had sex with could be his progenitor. Mm, maybe. Dead set, I mean, though. But here's the thing. If you were in Back to the Future and you were Marty McFly. Can you honestly say that you wouldn't be your own grandfather? <laughs> Can I just say they solve the grandfather paradox in this movie? Yeah. They really do. And I'll get to it. I have a thesis on it later. Uh, yeah. And uh, own father, not grandfather. Yes. I would absolutely, if I was Marty McFly. But it's called the grandfather paradox. It is. That's yeah. why. That's why I messed up. So, um, yeah, he follows her into the mall. Like, he's just, like, super into this fucking relationship drama suddenly. Yeah. He, and then he kind of clarifies that he wants her help. Lena works as a photographer for Santa Photos, um, uh, which he is late to and all, the kids, and all the kids are waiting. The kid that gets put on Santa's lap, his dialogue kind of repeats, which I think is just like- I didn't catch that. Yeah, his repeats. He says something. He says he wants something twice. He asks for a mandroid. <laughs> Is that is that what comes back later? No. Uh. But that 
is the name of a Charles Band movie from 1993. Yes. <laughs> Again, title, then movie. Yes, of course. So clearly that's a How title. How could you let go of a title, Mandroid? Mandroid, yeah. Mandroid oh, is a movie that exists. from. That is genius. There are so many good lines in this film. God damn it. We're about to come up to another good line. Oh, yeah. I know which one you're going to yeah. talk about. Uh, Santa's a fucking transfer. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and like as soon as he sees death, which he would have never seen before, and there's no way he why would have that, a photo why of her. Is that man a trancer? <laughs> Who knows? Is it because of the connection with with Lena? Probably. But like, there's no way he could know that. So I think he's just trancing anyone that he can. Well, we don't know how he trances. We never see him trancing. How does he control people? Give us some insight into Whistler. <laughs> some fucking insight into Whistler. I don't think it matters. Does somebody want to hit me with with the uh, the line? Is it we've got trouble in the no- at the North yeah. Pole? <laughs> Security, we've got trouble at the North Pole. Trouble in the North the line Pole. Deli- the line delivery is kind of that lady is like. This is my one line. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Eats that fucking line like nothing else. She kills it. Uh, Death kind of gets his ass kicked by Santa. He gets yep. into a wall by some reindeer antlers. Um, yes. And then he. So cartoony. And then he just murks Santa in front of all those kids. Yeah, yeah he fully does. That man shot Santa. Oh, and what was with that punk couple that kind of Yeah, I don't him? know why the, that punk couple tries to follow him. I and thought they were running with him, like, out of it because they're scared of Santa. And then he's like, no, you fucking stay. Maybe they are meant to recognise Lena because Lena is a punk. That's and interesting. punks and that will come back later. Yeah, but it still doesn't. It could be it could be a loose thread. Could be something that they didn't they didn't follow through with. I think mm. because maybe. of budget or scheduling. Yeah, yeah that maybe was they really could have got interviewed odd. in the next scene or something like that by who the knows? cops. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, because that was quite odd. Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, also, why were these punk kids hanging out near Santa? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why no, is that where Santa they were? Ironically, <laughs> uh, Whistler speaks through the dead Santa, even though Santa's lips are not moving oh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, right. speaker. and welcomes him to LA. Yeah, uses him like a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, that's right. I fully forgot. Um, and then after death has and and uh, has dragged Lena away and they've bolted uh, Whistler in his ancestor's body in his co- uh, copter. Tank. I'm going to call him Whistler. His name's Wisling. Yeah. I'm just going to call him Whistler so that there's no and I don't have to keep trying to pronounce Wisling. Um, is in charge of the of the investigation and we get the delayed singeing of Santa. Yeah. Which yeah. again, timing convenient. Or he's is or, or is Whistler making, Whistler making that No, nah, he's definitely just making sure it happens, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It is odd though, and it he doesn't deal with the fact that now the body's gone. Yeah. He's like, oh, and, get, take, get rid of this. And they take no it away. They take away an empty body bag. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody says anything. I mean I guess most of those cops are probably trances, but it's still yeah. Odd. Well, that's the thing. Like, he acts like they're not, but at the end, it's kind of like they are. But how yeah. would we know? Because they, because trances just appear. Yeah. I get the impression that he has control of them, but he can sort of activate them yeah. when he yeah. needs them to j- not yeah. act under their own control. He yeah. can be like, right now, do Whatever this. the plot needs him to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He connects so, Bluetooth mode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced that trancing is now a function of Bluetooth. Yeah. So he, so he's already connected to the device, but he hasn't activated that connection. Yeah, until, yeah. yeah. Until it's he like needs you, yeah, yeah. It's like when you get in your car and then, the, and then the car recognizes your phone. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't press play until you press mode. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trancing is. Trancing is Bluetooth. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this movie is insane. It's so good. Uh, 
Death and Lena are now uh, on the run. Oh, the most convincing driving scene. Oh yeah, I I did um I did write down that they are uh, they're real high up. Oh yeah, the driving itself. The yeah, actual death. like hands on the wheel yeah. going back and Tim forth. Tim Thomason so is just like working that wheel. Like so, so obviously much fake. Like this is a point in the film where he was just like, yep. Even the people watching this have no like concept that this is a real film, and he's just going back and forth like he's doing a dance. And also, the car is real high up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a convertible. Yeah, it's obviously on a trailer, yeah, right? It's yeah, on, it's on what's called a low loader, yeah. um, which is a way that you would shoot uh, car scenes in the, way they in do the 80s and, and 90s. Car karaoke. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They use a modern version a modern version of that. I've never seen that. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But yes, <laughs> sure. I know that that's how they shoot it. Because I saw that. I so, when, There was those viral photos of them yeah. not driving yeah. that went around, and I was like, of course they're not fucking driving. You're yeah. an idiot. That's not how things get done. <laughs> There's a, people in that car that are worth a lot of money, <laughs> and you don't uh, do that to them. Are they? <laughs> One of them probably is. No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're shot on a, oh, a low loader. Um, trancing only works on squids mm. with weak minds, which is awful convenient. And he just it knows it wouldn't work on Lena. Because How does he strong, know that she's, she's very strong. strong-willed? How does he know that? Because, because she he doesn't watch put me. up with his bullshit. I mean, I guess because she didn't want him to have her phone number. <laughs> because reasons. Yeah, <laughs> he's a good judge of character. Is our death? Well, he's a cop. Is True. he? Is he, he's, he's a, a trooper. trooper or is he a, he's a trooper. A trooper, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a murderer. Um, Death wants Lena to be his guide, and she agrees, even though he just fucking killed Santa. Yeah. All he all he needs to convince this woman that he's a time traveller is that her friend was acting weird <laughs> before he <laughs> shot them. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, based on her, her behaviour in the next scene, I don't know if she actually believes him yet. But that is her justification for why yeah. she comes back. She's kind of a hostage. Yeah. She's kind of, like, at this point, she's kind of, a, she's it's not really a willing participant. pretty much Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, real quick Stockholm yeah. syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Death dropped one of the photos of his ancestors, which is like straight away he just loses something he needs. He's not yeah. very good at this. With a key detail on the back of it. Yeah, the the address yeah. Uh, on Kawanga Boulevard, which he doesn't remember where that is. Yeah, yeah there's, there's all that business. Um, and then they just arrive at the place. <laughs> yeah. He's got his name on the front. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a tanning salon. Love this guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Leela, Leela bolts basically straight away, straight away. Yeah, as soon as which Jeff he, he says inside. to her, he's like, he's like, you can, can leave, yeah. which was very cool. And he's like, look, you can leave. And she but fucking leaves. I would leaves. appreciate it if you stayed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, out of the good of your goodness of your heart. I know I just killed Santa. Yeah. I know uh, I'm compl- I, I've slept with you and have completely changed, then murdered one of your friends. Yeah. And also I was physically aggressive with you in the car. Yes. But... Please show me around LA Big so guy. that I can kill so that I can kill trances and a man from the future. Because yes. <laughs> I'm definitely not crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, inside the uh, tanning, uh, the tanning place, Death does most definitely not want to tan. Uh, <laughs> no. We are introduced to one of the council ancestors. Chris Lavery. I went to high school with the with these two brothers called the Lavery brothers, and one of them was called Chris. So this was just like. Oh, yeah, that's that dude. <laughs> this guy actually reminds me of the third Winklevoss twin. Like, he's Winkle just. Vi. Yeah, he yeah. is just jacked and tall and blonde. Yeah. 
and he thinks that death is there because of this incident that happened the previous week. Yeah. Where someone he got third degree or first degree <laughs> burns. Someone got first degree burns. Yeah. He, he fully just says he's a cop and no one asks for a badge or anything at any point. Well, he hasn't got one. Yeah. Um, it turns out that Chris is a transfer already. Uh, Bluetooth mode gets turned on. And um, he, he gets kicked, a transfer kick. He kick, gets kicked in the, in the back. Uh, death wakes up in a tanning Star Wars? prison. In Star Wars? Yeah, it looks like <laughs> a design from inside inside a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Inside the Death Star. Yeah. yeah, it's got the same look. Yeah, and I didn't know that tanning booths that you actually stood in were actually hot or actually tanned Why you. Why is the door hot? Yeah. <laughs> I thought the ones that tanned you were the beds that you lay down in the blue lights. Like, yeah. It's a science fiction tanning bed, <laughs> a tanning cell room, prison thing. Because he tampered with the thermo and now it can get really hot. Lena, <laughs> Lena comes back and we see that Chris has killed himself for some... For Yeah, that's not explained. But well, I guess maybe also, Whistler turned up and so killed him. Whistler and then was able to... I think he killed himself he on, did. by Whistler's... Yeah, Whistler got yeah. him to do So Whistler is able to trance... Even though Whistler is across town in a mall, right, he's able to trance or has previously trance Chris Lavery. Yeah. And then turns Bluetooth mode on so that he attacks. I Another that he, he kills him. Like I mean, he just, he just got the... But it's he, not a plot yeah. hole. It's just... I, but he just got the address. He yeah. just got the address. How did he beat them there? That's my thing is that, no, I, that makes sense that if he got the address, like the others are like so, driving around trying to figure out where on this yeah, so long maybe, street this place is because all he remembers is 15. Yeah, and uh, then he turns him on. Well so, done, so, I didn't catch so that. Whistler could turn up before him, trance the dude. But then, then why didn't he just take, kill him? Because yeah. he knew that w- that his friend was going to, that the death was going to turn up, so he but set he him d- as a trap. Uh, yeah. But he tries to it's, shoot him the later. Order is, and the instead order of, is all like... It's all insane. See, this, this is we're weird. making a lot of assumptions. Yeah, this is weird though, because the trancer knocks him out and then puts him in the tanning bed as an elaborate way to kill him instead of just like shooting him with the gun him that he right has. fucking there. <laughs> the gun that he already has. Yeah, yeah. Or the gun that he got off death. And then before Because I think it's death's yeah, gun. Yeah, he does. And then before he before he knows that death is dead in the tanning bed, he shoots himself. Like at least like know that he's dead before you try and like get out of that body. You know what, Brody, you're turning me on this movie. This movie is absolute trash. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. Come back to the light. No, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is so much fun. I literally, this morning when Kira was, re- Kira was re-watching it and I was making breakfast and kind of wandering in and out, I was just laughing my ass off in the kitchen for like almost the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just having a good having a good time. Yeah, we were just yelling at each other that we weren't allowed to talk. No talking. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck. I don't know. Lena comes back and saves and saves Jack. Um, and conveniently and sees the guy singe, so that she so now, that believes, she now him. believes. Yeah, yeah, which is which is very nice. Um, although she came back, she does have a line in a second where she says she come she came back because it all started to make sense. Yeah, <laughs> which really. Yeah. Um, the cops, as they're exiting, cops show up and they hold on, hold on. We have another brilliant line where Jack Death very coolly goes, "How's my tan?" Yeah. <laughs> so fucking smooth. I love this yeah, man. Um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, it doesn't seem any different. Um, <laughs> yeah. Seems exactly the same. 
uh, yeah, cops show up and they go try to go out the back and uh, Whistler arrives. And there is whistling in the music on the soundtrack, just so that you know that it's Whistler. I fully oh. thought that, that, I fully thought I heard a whistle and I was like, wait, yep. did, I'll wait for it to happen again. And it didn't happen it didn't, again. It's in that one scene. Yeah. Which I guess is like, it's the first time that we're seeing Death and Whistler confront each other. I thought it was something outside that I heard. No, there's a whistling on the, it's either, it's in the the score or the, or the, or the sound design and there's this weird wh- My weird sanity whistling. thanks you for telling me that. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to take that. <laughs> uh, uh, the cops that are with Whistler are also trances and Whistler orders them to fire and Death uses that the slow so second. Sense. Did this movie invent fucking bullet time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, hectic. <laughs> it's low budget bullet time? It, it is a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things in this that kind of don't make sense to me. Well, first of all, I didn't realize that they were all trances already, which makes a lot of sense, which is why they just shot. Because I was like, are these cops not questioning that he's being called a different name and answering to it, and they just shoot on this guy instead of arresting him? But they're all trances. Obviously, that makes way more sense. Mm -hmm. But also, like... I think that he had enough time in that 10 seconds to shoot the guy and save the girl. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because for starters, he wastes at least three or four of those seconds going, ooh, this is working. I'm just going to stand here and look at everything. <laughs> yeah, he Longest can move, it, he can move it. It runs 90 seconds. I, I count. <laughs> but, you know, we need to pad that runtime. Yeah. And because they, our movie runs 76 minutes. <laughs> yeah, they no. just, like, he, they'd slowed him down so that it doesn't matter how yeah. long the so, scene takes. So but. the way that they've done it is everybody is just standing fucking still and they've shot him in moving in slow in moving in slow motion yeah. because four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. It shows really but plainly when he's putting Lena into the car. Yeah, because yeah, her arms. <laughs> but the we get a bullet flying through the air past her, which is actually like it looks pretty good for for the for the yeah, era. Okay, and that is a that is a shot that is in like hundreds of movies, and my I. I don't know, and obviously you guys won't know either, but I'm wondering if, like, that's the first time that we've ever seen that effect because mm. because I can't think of another movie from before then where you see that slow-motion bullet kind of moving moving through the air. Dude, this is the point where we have Blade Runner and Indiana Jones out already. I feel like that effect has been done, not in those movies, but definitely done. I don't know. It feels That effect feels much more like a 90s action movie to me. Yeah, like, true. Like there's... um. Yeah, there's other movies where we see a, a kind of bullet fly through the air. There's one that's particularly kind of amazing in Cuffs that I think is like they've actually shot fired a real bullet and it's it's amazing. And um, uh, yeah, there's lots of like movies where the, you see people dodging bullets and stuff. But that slow motion bullet thing, it, it, you do this. There's also the same thing you see a lot of like you know we follow an arrow or whatever that kind of that. Kind I of stuff. feel like it's just a cool. It's just a cool effect. It's really well done for a movie. For a movie with the limited budget limitations that yeah. this movie had, they have one cool moment. Although it's only one bullet and they fire lots of bullets. Yeah. <laughs> so where what, are the other bullets? What I was going to say, that's yet. just the one that came first. Yeah. It's all one second, remember? Um, but that's what I was going to say about this is those kinds of moments where like the bullet, the, the, the bullet effect this guy obviously knows where to spend the money and where not to because there are some scenes where no money has been spent whatsoever. Mm. And this is a scene where nothing has been spent on anything except the bullet effect. The, th- yeah. the thing that you can't deny about this movie is the creativity. Yeah, like, fucking it, like, oath. it is made by somebody who is 
who, even with all their budget limitations, and also that maybe even their lack of attention to, to de- or like not attention to detail, lack of care about attention to detail, right? There is just creativity all the way, all the way through it. Do you think this man, given a budget that a Marvel movie would have or a big budget movie would have, could do? Something that is actually quality, I or do you reckon he would be able to resist the urge to split that to, money to, into six <laughs> <movies>. <laughs> That is very true. No, no, no parameters. Yeah. Parameters. He's and only also, can and, spend it and on also this he movie. wants so because I feel like he might not. He is he's an also expert fiercely, at doing something. fiercely independent. Like yeah. the thing is, is that and this is from listening to his his book is that he was not really interested in making what was um what was popular at the time yeah. he was interested in science fi- weird science fiction and horror and all kinds of stuff and he wanted to have control over his stuff he got screwed over by partners for money a bunch of times this man made fortunes and lost fortunes mm. like two or three two or three times and um he owned like you know, he owned Liberace's house in LA. He owned the the Houdini estate at one point. He had yeah. lots and lots of properties and a fucking castle in Italy. The dude liked being in charge. And I don't think that he would have been able to, I don't think he would have been interested in making a movie under, under a studio. I, I still feel if he had all the money in the world, you would get a movie that's like a slightly better version of this. And all the money would go into getting fucking dope actors and marketing the shit out of it because that's clearly what he's amazing yeah. at. Yeah, he comes from the he's a he's a salesman. Like yeah. he's he's a there is a tradition in exploitation cinema of where he we are in the movie business to entertain people, but mostly what we're going to do is sell movies. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So it's the it's Roger Corman's of the world. It's the Lloyd Lloyd Kaufman's. It's the it's. Um, William Castle to go back to the like the 1950s. William Castle made movies that always had gimmicks. He's basically sold movies like um, a merger vision where a ghost comes out of the screen in the middle of the movie and like <laughs> the tingler where they put like uh, electric buzzers in like half of the seats and seats in the theater. And, that is and there's a moment in the movie where, the, where the, there's a moment in the movie where the character turns to the screen and goes, oh no, the tingler's loose in the theater. And that's when the, the teenager at the back of the room would electrocute a bunch of people in the <laughs> So he comes from that carny, that's fantastic. That carny sales yeah. place yeah. of cinema, yeah. right? So I was wondering what you meant by carny, but like definitely, like this guy would sell smoke like, snake oil from like yeah. carts. Yeah, yeah, it's just tricks to get people into this into the cinema. Like you got to go see the fucking Tingler, or you got to go see whatever because. You, you have to see reanimated because of that scene that I'm not going to tell you about right now. Yeah, you know you I'm going like, to go look up that scene when we leave. Don't okay, do it. Okay. Don't ruin it for yourself. Like, okay. No spoilers for, for movies that, that we have not yet had the chance to talk about. Okay, okay. Once again, Distraction City. Sorry, yep. Tangent, Back to it. Tangent, distraction City, Tangent City. Do we like Distraction City? I think we're allowed to just change it up, man. Mm. I feel like Tangent City is like the uh, exotic to, version of... down to Tangent City. Yeah. <laughs> Where the grass is green in the cinema is real trashy. Yeah. <laughs> you two are insane. <laughs> Closing in on two hours. So, what happens in the next scene, Kians? Uh, what are we up to? Oh, yeah, so uh, slow second. The slow motion gives us ample time to notice the Confederate flag on the back of Lena's denim jacket. Oh, yeah. Which oh. is a little inappropriate. Is that because she's a punk? Yeah, I think yep. it's because she's a punk. Um, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was the Union Jack. 
Which would also, like, punks would have yep. the Union Jack. But no, that's a Confederate flag. That's the Stars and Bars. The second ends, and there is actually a cool musical transition. There's like this slow motion music. It's kind of like the it's kind of like how they slowed down that song for Inception, <laughs> um, where the music, the music, the score goes from being kind of slow motion back to real time mm. as the as the time comes back. And uh, just nice little piece of piece of technique. They get away. They're back in the car, back on the fucking ridiculously high low loader. Lena asks a question so that Jack can explain why he didn't kill Whistler, even though he had ample time to to do so. (laughs) Well, because then the movie would only run like 40 minutes. We still have the whole final act of the movie movie to go. That should have been his answer. Yeah. But legitimately, I think he could have gotten away with it. Yeah. (laughs) A moment of like breaking the fourth wall would have been so great in this film. Yeah. It would have been perfect. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, all three of us took part in a, in the making of a short film. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past year that has a very uh, similar 1950s style of <laughs> yeah. other female. And there is legitimately a part of our short film where she shoots a guy in the middle of his monologue because she hasn't got the runtime. <laughs> <laughs> so if this movie had done that, I would have probably, well, did I travel down the line and steal it? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I always thought you were from the future. Oh, uh, I'm from somewhere. Um, <laughs> She, yeah, well, she came back because the story started to make sense and they need to find the baseball player, Hap Ashby, who played for the Angels in the 1960s. She takes Death to her friend's place in Chinatown and Death is smoking and watching a black and white cop show on TV. And, and he's he very much enjoying. Yeah, and he lights a match With his, his fucking teeth. teeth. Yes. Fuck, this movie just has moments where it's like so fucking sick. Yeah, so it's a wa- it's a wax match. So wax matches you can light on basically anything. All you need is friction, right? So they don't he, make them anymore because they're dangerous, right? They, I think they still do make them, but you definitely cannot get them in Australia. In Australia. Yeah. I think they're much rarer as opposed to like, you know, the red tips, phosphate. and the, um, the fucking close-up of his face just straight down the barrel the camera flicking it off his teeth yeah. fucking cold it's that fucking, was so sick yeah, it's, it's awesome um, he, yeah so he's watching Peter Gunn on TV uh, mm. it's a it's a uh, cop TV show from from uh, oh so it's real yeah 58 to 61 mm. it's got the theme they play the theme song a little bit later you would recognise the, the theme song she brings him back Chinese food and he's never eaten beef from a cow before okay I got fried rice egg rolls and beef chow mein beef you like from a cow He's very excited. See, this is the point where I was like, this is a starkly real future. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there would be no cows in the future. There is milk because he was like, when he ordered his coffee. None of that soy, none of that. Yeah, yeah. it didn't make it seem like milk wasn't a problem. Yeah, but they're very rare, like they're none around kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe Uh, they're only used for milk now. They Mm. enjoy their Chinese food and there is a message from Whistler and a fortune cookie. That was bizarre. How did that, how was that meant to have been like able to take place? Joke. Oh, that's right. (laughs) I totally forgot about that. Once again, I questioned, do you fucking watch these movies? (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. It was her playing a trick on him. The message is. Because he wouldn't say bitch and girlfriend. The message is, I'll kill you and your bitch and girlfriend. I remember having a moment before he realized it was a joke going, it, this what, is extremely 80s if he used the word bitchin'. Which, it, what's funny is that the movie, like, it's realistic. This idiot. movie Sorry, is guys. so insane, right, that it is 
realistic within the world, the universe that it is established Boy. that there could be a message in that fucking fortune cookie. <laughs> and he he even was just he like completely believes Whoa. it. He bites. He bites so he bites so hard. I think we should bring bitchin back. I already work rad in back into. I love rad and dope. I work those two in, but bitchin has too many syllables. Mm. Dope is good because it's got that hard kind of end. Dope. Yeah. I think this movie's bitching. <laughs> um, but can I just say that moment where like he's su- super excited to have beef and they're like sharing a little dinner. It was so wholesome. So nice. I really enjoyed it. It's quite cute. Yeah. There is suddenly punk rock music from downstairs mm-hmm. because there is a punk club downstairs. I want to go to this punk club. Why? Because they play Christmas <laughs> Because they songs. play punk Christmas music. They're playing jingle bells. I would have a very nice time. Yeah, but it looks like a room full of trances. Yeah. yeah. Can I just ask, is this what clubs were like when you were young, Ken? I was a child. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so just yes, teasing. That was what <laughs> when Ken went to clubs when he was five. <laughs> uh, Death can't really dance. Oh, so good though. He put in a solid effort. He's trying. He's trying yeah. real hard. He's trying. So, to be, is he not cute. a good dancer because that's just him, or can people not dance in the future? I, I don't think, think he him. does a lot of. I don't think he makes a lot of time for dancing. Yeah, but see, he's such he's a good. Too busy, he's too busy drinking real coffee and killing trances. <laughs> but see, he's so good because like he puts in an effort for her. Like this is the first time in the movie where you're like, Death is actually a really good guy, and like if he was her partner. He would actually be a good partner. Like, despite the hands-on business that we saw before, like, he puts in a sweet little effort to dance for her. Jerry, Lena's ex, shows up because he wants his tapes back. (laughs) So She's going to give them to his mum. Yep. (laughs) That's when you realise, like, how old is Lena? (laughs) I mean, she's, like, all of, like, 18 or 19. Yeah. Like, she is very young. Yeah, okay. So maybe I'll take back what I said about that. Uh, (laughs) Death one-punch knocks him out. And then and then starts dancing, and yeah, the little head bobs. The little yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> Tim uh, Tim Thomason's having a nice time. Uh, three other punks kind of attack him, and he knocks them out as well. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why those. I mean, I get why because they they're defending their friend possibly, but they also just come out of nowhere and we just get a punch up for no, for no kind of reason. Back in the apartment in Chinatown, it's Christmas. It's after midnight, so she gives him a gift. A toy robot. It's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. She's super into death, even though he's her boyfriend slash one night stand partner is his great, 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 great uh, grandson. Yeah. And um, is he sure that she's not related to him? Just <laughs> that's when I wrote that down. I was like, are they sure? Yeah. So Do this they is know what they're doing. This is when I started to like. But he's not in his own body. That's exactly not, right. It's not so like the only sharing, way. It's the, not like DNA. That's right. The only way the grandfather Just paradox can work is that. Yeah, D- you are taking control of a person in your past that you don't share any DNA with. It works. The, the problem is, is that if like it sounds like the actual person, the actual relative of his, is bit of a sleaze and not someone that Lena would necessarily continue a relationship with. So potentially if he knocks her up, he might delete himself because that's the wrong mother of Mm -hmm. the line. Yeah. You You can't go falling in love with a different person because then your children won't be your children. Like the children won't be the children that were supposed to be born and therefore... Causality. Causality. You don't end up... We're sitting in a diner table trying to explain it with straws. Yeah. 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 
No, no, no. So I, there is a concern about that, I would imagine. Yes. About, you know, accidentally deleting yourself. And it occurs... And it doesn't occur to him at yeah. all. Well, no. But he's, at that point, assuming that he's going to go home soon. So this is, are we jumping into the point where they actually... We're, we're getting there. We're getting okay. close. Um, Lena finally kind of seems concerned about where Phil is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> finally. I mean, there, there is an explanation earlier, but uh, we learned that Phil's brain is on hold. Yeah. And that Lena likes him better. Likes Phil better. No, no likes, likes Steph yeah, better. Yeah, that's, likes why, Steph better. that's why I read it, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and then they do uh, get, a little closer, get a little closer to each other. I and just realised that this is full-on torture for Phil. Like, well, I don't he think he's no, aware. But he has no say over it and his life is just fucking ended. This has only just occurred to you. The consequences of the we, I mean, it's once again, jumping ahead. The consequences of the end of this movie. I was very are horrific. We need yeah. to talk about that at we, the end, and we, and we will get to that. But they're interrupted in their makeout session by a knock Bad at the door. Small child. Yes, this but is McNulty great. is a small child. Is a small girl. Tell you what's weird about this. In her jammies. McNulty says. She's the only relative I could find in L.A. at the time. Had to do the whole sneak out past the parents thing and everything. The parents. The parents. <laughs> Why couldn't he take over one of the parents? Maybe she's adopted. <laughs> oh, just, well played. It's Again, it's just because we want to do a thing where we multis in a child, in a little girl. And the thing is, is that is that... She's pretty good. Yeah, yeah like she the kid is actually pretty scene. good. Is that her voice? No, yeah, I think she's. I think she's dubbed. Yeah, okay. I think she's ADR'd um, with a with a an adult doing doing to sound more like McNulty to yeah. get the tones of McNulty. I of almost McNulty. thought it was McNulty's voice, but like then it kind of felt a bit feminine as well. So it was weird. I, I remember sitting there going, like, "I feel like this is McNulty talking through," but like, yeah, it didn't sound like him. Mm. Uh, <laughs> McNulty wants Jack to come back to Angel City and Jack then kicks her out of the apartment and threatens to spank him. Her. <laughs> yeah. um, so many questionable things done in this movie. And they get and uh, and Death and Lena get back to it. And then McNulty Sneaks <laughs> back in. Sneaks back in and shoots Jack with the uh time reversing serum. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is, and he wakes up back in Angel. Yeah, Angel what City. the fuck was that? Did he just shoot? He him? used the same thing, the same oh, thing that from course, from later. Course, it's the, it's time travel juice, anti time travel juice. Now they rock up back in the future, and what I want to know is, did McNulty just go bang straight into his own neck because he wakes up pretty much straight after, which means he left his fucking child ancestor in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of Chinatown, watching people have sex. <laughs> That's yes. what he just did. Yes, yes, that is what he just did. Those were the dots that I was about to connect. And the thing is, and the thing is when they go back, it's she just, ain't there. It's insane. So what the fuck does she do? It's she insane. probably freaked out and left. It's so nuts. It's literally, you just think about it for like two seconds and then you're like, what the fuck is this movie? The complications of that scene is fucked. But none of it matters because it's because the filmmakers just, do not care. Yeah, hundred percent. That's one hundred percent. Do and not, makes do not it care. better that they don't. Oh yeah, I. So we um very briefly last episode we had a conversation about <laughs> about well we mentioned we name check cinema sins mm. and I don't want to get into a debate about it mm. but one of my issues with cinema sins is it teaches people to watch movies with a critical eye about plot holes perceived plot holes mm. right that that. 
is not the right way to watch movies. Like it's just, it's yeah. you go, it, because at the end of the day, a filmmaker needs to tell a story and no story is, is airtight. And so you look for creative solutions and you, what you try to do is make something emotionally true, even if it is not necessarily technically scientifically true or, yeah. or detail true. Right. That moment was and, played for and, a comedic beat. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the thing about, about, about this movie is this movie is so much more interested in the, in its creativity and its choices than it is about worrying about whether or not that little girl just saw two people fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Or had to like navigate out of a stranger's apartment in Chinatown. Figure out how to get home from Chinatown. Yeah. Yeah. She would have thought she was kidnapped. Back in Angel City. Things have gotten worse. They want him off the case and replaced because he failed to save one of the council members, which is pretty accurate. Like he's already like, he's fucking this up. Yeah. He's not doing it, not doing a particularly good job. Uh, Trances are massing on the edge of Angel City, ready to take over. Never mentioned at all. (laughs) Never mentioned again. The consequence, this is the thing is the movie also doesn't really care about the consequences of what the fuck happens in Angel City when it gets down down to it. (laughs) Um, Neither does he. Anyway, Death tells him that he's close to finding uh, Ashby. He isn't. He's not, they've made no progress on finding Ashby. No, they're he's fucking turned Chinese, his mind to fucking, finding him. They're eating Chinese food and going to punk clubs in Chinatown. Like, he is nowhere <laughs> near finding Ashby. Like, he hasn't even asked anybody about Ashby in any Yeah, way. they actually have such a right to fucking be yeah, pissed like, they off should about take him, take him off. Yeah. yeah, take him off the job. And then they, they're like, okay, well, if you're close, you can go back. Yeah. And he asks for another long second. This um, is when McNulty also says, like, put the other guy on the fucking case. He's the better yeah, man. this is the part where yeah. it's like... It seems like they hate each other, yeah. even though they, they don't. And he's like, if I see you back in the past, I'll kick your ass, even yeah. if you are a little girl. <laughs> yeah. or a cat. If I see you in LA again, I don't care if you're a kid, an old lady, or a kitty cat, I'm going to kick your ass. Fantastic. Um, and they send it back. Back in 1985, he wakes up uh, post with Lena. He's very He missed out. And also, does that mean Phil was back? Yeah. And Phil woke up having sex with Lena in a different place in Chinatown, Enjoyed the sexual activity, fell asleep, and then went back on pause. I would, yeah. I would question it, but I mean, would we all not a hundred percent just do that <laughs> if we woke up in bed with Helen Hunt? <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I did. I did already claim that I would be my own relative if I had gone back in time if I was Marty McFly. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm not resisting Leah Thompson in that movie. I'm not, I don't think I'm really I'm like. That movie just that movie just ends with me disappearing from existence because I, I, I slept with Leah Thompson. Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Now, when when Death comes back, he's and, very disappointed. Yeah, he is very disappointed, and he's also totally fine that Lena has just slept with Phil. Like he's a little bit like, dang, I missed out, but no other questions are asked for, and she seems to be. In the throes of, well, not in the throes, but post-coital bliss. She was very happy. She was extremely happy. Now, well, because, as a man. Because it's like the ethereal union of two lost souls. As a man, she <laughs> has had sex with him. He's in fact a, lo- he's in fact a lost soul. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Very fucking true. Um, oh, my God. There's deeper meaning to this film. There, yeah. um, no, but he, he, she has just had sex with him twice, Phil twice, and it has been... Fucking amazing. Now, as a man, you got to wonder if Jack Death is just like, am I going to be as good? Like, because she fucking lets him know how amazing both times are. No? No? I think this is just you. (laughs) (laughs) My insecurities are bleeding through. I I think once again, they're just going to let you have as much rope as you'd like. (laughs) 
Uh, Thanks, guys. On the TV, convenient television news exposition, <laughs> as is the way of our people. Death is watching TV and sees Whistler is making it so that all the homeless people on Skid Row have to have ID so that he can find Ashby because Ashby must be on... That's actually how they find out that he's on Skid Row. Yeah. I mean, great piece of detective work, work by death, but... Turning on a television. Yeah. <laughs> Turning on a television so that, Peter, so that he could find more Peter Gunn to watch. Yeah, yeah, that's what he wanted. <laughs> but also, like, how how does he find out that he's this homeless person? Because we have nothing to go on. Well, like, he just makes the assumption that because Whistler seems to be investigating the homeless people... That, no, how does Whistler figure it out? Just uh, completely uh, random. He's a cop. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe Ashby's got a record for drunk and disorderly. Mm. Who knows? I don't know. Just making stuff up. Um, He's also been there for longer. True. He wakes up uh, Lena and they head out um, to head down to to Skid Row. We already learned that he gave up his car. I don't know why he gave it. Maybe he could only afford a rental on that car for a couple of days for production. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just give up that car. He seemed to give it up because she didn't like it because he's like, get rid of your blue hair. And she's like, I don't want to. And he's like, well, I got rid of my car. Yeah. Like, like I did that for you. So you do this for me. So I guess she didn't like the car. They got rid of the car because it was hiding out and it's identifiable and maybe whistling you. But like, again, like it doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't really track. But no, it doesn't really. So they steal two scooters. <laughs> Thank you. I thought they were scooters. I yeah, was going scooters. insane. They're scooters, which there's motorcycles like right next to them. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the scooter is safer, but but are they meant to? Are they meant to in the world of the the movie? Are they meant to be motorbikes? Yeah. No, they're just scooters. Okay, because these the punks from the punk club downstairs ride scooters because they're punk. <laughs> is that a thing? No. Okay. <laughs> It's just, it's just conv- like, again, it's just. They're the, easier to it's ride. It's easier yeah. to ride. Yeah. You're going to have cheaper a, to hire. actors and yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck is going on. Um, down in Skid Row, we get an ADR line to say that they've talked to lots of homeless people so they don't have to shoot them talking to lots of homeless people. <laughs> um, and they run into three wise men because it's Christmas. Yes. Do you guys recognize the wise man that does most of the talking? Kira didn't. He looks really familiar, but I don't know where from. He does look familiar, but yeah, no, I don't know. It's Leonard from Community. I thought that was the only person I thought of, but I'm like, how is he old there, though? <laughs> because he was real old when he was in Community. I didn't realize because he doesn't look that the much old guy different. from Community that reviews chips. <gasps> oh, he's always floating around in the. Yes. He's always floating around in the background. He joins a gang of seniors at one point, which <laughs> yeah. John McCann was very upset about. Like it's like he's Leonard from Community. That is gold. Uh, yeah, great pick, Richard Erdman. I think is that his is crazy because he looks like an old man in this movie, but. <laughs> He was in his so he was like in his eighties in when he was in community. He's in community. He's a yeah. very old man when he's in community. He's since passed. He's, he's a sprightly passed, old man. He's in since passed future away. Future cop. Yeah. So how old would he have been? In so twenty years earlier, he's in his like sixties. Oh, 30 years earlier. So yeah, six, yeah, like sixties or fifty or fifties. Late fifties. Right. Yeah. Okay. And they, they, so he's an old. Aged him up. Aged well. him up. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they send. Because I did think of that when you were like, "Do you know who this is?" And I yeah. was like. Uh, my brain went, well, it looks like, but it can't <laughs> Literally, be. I was in the kitchen and I walked into the room because I knew the scene was coming up and pointed mm. at the screen and said, no talking, <laughs> just because I wanted her to figure it out. And then she was <laughs> looking at me like, you're a fucking idiot. What are you doing? And, and then I was like, I was like, do you not recognize that man? And she was <laughs> like, no, I don't recognize that man. <laughs> no talking. Just tormenting her. And no then as talking. soon as scenes off screen, you're like, all right, we can't talk about so it. The, the, <laughs> the thing is, is that, is that we really want to like, it's just in our nature. They're like, we watch a movie and then we talk, and then we talk about it. So yeah. we did that with with Jim Carter, and but 
we also want to save all the good material for the for the podcast. So with Jim Carter, it was really it was so fucking hard to watch that movie <laughs> together. So yeah. that now we watch the movie separately, so that we save all the good stuff for the podcast. And I also try to watch the movie as close to when we are going to record the podcast as possible. So I'm not torturing myself with my inability to talk to him about it for yeah. like a whole week. We get to the paper mill. Death is also at a certain point. Lena gives him a police radio, which he's had in his ear the whole time as well. That's what that yeah. little, that little headphone. Yeah, is. he had it with him in the club. in the in the punk club as well. So he's obviously been listening to the police radio so um they hear chatter that the whistler knows about the factory as well because we just need to set that up um when we um discover it's a homeless person is when i start questioning because the council person says that he was a baseball person and then when he shows the card to lena she goes i wasn't born then yeah, because he was a player. She says that he was a player for the Angels in the 60s. Yeah. This is the 80s, so it's 20 years later. Yeah. So then I hear he's homeless, and I'm like, wait, so there's a homeless old man who is going to give birth to a child? What's going on here? Yeah, but, but that's because that's but causality, uh, as we will find out, death helps him and then tells him that he's going to have a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at that point I go, oh, okay, but also – why not just make it someone like, anyway, it, it, it was an odd choice. They're on the scooters and they pull up outside the paper mill and death tells Lena to go to like, he's going to go inside and she should stay outside right. um, because it's too, because it's too dangerous inside the paper mill. The cops are already in there. She goes, he loves me. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty cute scene. Uh, death looks around and pretends to be a homeless guy as a cop kind of finds him looking around and, um, and almost gets away with it too, except he uses the word trooper, mm. which the cop then just like walks away and then remember. Like the, the cop asks him for ID and then he's like, oh, I'm going to throw up and they just walk and they just walk away. They go back and corner death. Uh, the cop monologues because he's a trancer. Mm-hmm. Bluetooth mode got turned on and um, giving, which gives Lena enough time to shoot him because of course she followed because that's what happens in that's the trope. You don't, you never stay outside. Yeah. But also like, what is with this fucking trancer? Like I, I know it's a movie, but I hate this kind of, this kind of stuff, even though I actually love it. Um, he's a trancer. He should have no control over his body. He should just kill he, him because that's monologue. his thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but then he tries, this is the point where he tries to get him to come back from being a trancer. Yeah. you. And which, he's like, Oh, Oh, like he's struggling with it. And then Lena just fucking shoots him. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, weird. Also, they don't know how he slows down time in one scene and then they know it's a watch in this scene because mm. they ask him to throw away the watch. Yeah, I guess they figured it out. The, yeah. well, they, the, he's one of the cops from earlier. Yeah, like I it's know. The same, it's the same cop. So he's seen it. Yeah, yeah. but earlier they were he like, how did, he do, how did he do it? We don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like that happens at the There's end of that first scene. There's originally a scene, scene. Oh, right. where well, that maybe cop they it out. asks Whistler, how did he do that? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? And also, <laughs> why doesn't he pick up his watch at the end of this scene? I don't know. Well, <laughs> he think yeah, he thinks he lost it. But she um, has it. But she has it. But that, that's a that's a little bit down the down the line, as it were. Um <laughs> Well played. Cheer up, you just singed your first transfer. Oh yeah. <laughs> um Ashby and some very uh loud drunks are playing stickball. How people can't hear them. They're so loud. (laughs) They're so rowdy. Um, uh, Death and Lena also seem to just be walking around the same big room over and over again. I'm pretty sure it's just the same space. It's just we're just going to move over here and do this bit and then move over there. I think it's the exact same room where where Death hid in the 
in the box. Like it's just, yeah. it's the same space. Also, um, they fall through the ground or oh, no, they're on b- ground well, level. Before that, she, <laughs> before that, Lena wants him to kiss her and use the watch. <laughs> yeah, very irresponsible on Lena's behalf, but like you get it, girl. But when I think about it, that's a good way to use that watch. Yeah. You could stretch you could stretch a good second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's already been established with uh, his lady friend who's the coroner and time scientist. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> We don't see a lot of people in the future. Maybe the world is vastly <laughs> un- underpopulated. Maybe those are like the last five people that yeah, exist in LA. Yeah, it feels like it. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, they fall through. They take two steps and fall through a floor. Yeah. Um, to no no damage whatsoever. They just stand up and they are with the homeless people and they have found they have found Ashby. Whistler and his trances find them pretty much straight away and they grab Ashby and run off back to the, to the scooters and Ashby is drunk as shit. Yeah. Thank God that uh, the cops rock up because Ashby was not going to believe him until they started firing at him. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and his homeless friends did not have his back. They just threw him straight. Was oh, like, this oh, is yeah. not wild thing. Gonna... The homeless people do not fuck about any. Do not give a fuck about any other homeless no, people. Absolutely, no, they're absolutely not taking not. care of each other at all. Uh, <laughs> Death wants to split the party and have them meet up in Chinatown. Lena pleads that he doesn't know the way, to which he responds... Yeah, you have to swim through here. What? <laughs> which is nice. Ah, oh, brilliant. It's such a random... And she bumps on it as well, What, like she says, yeah. swim. Um, Did anyone else think this was going to be a moment for Lena to become a hostage in the very next scene? Because I mean, that's that would, normally the trope. Like yeah, they to be, split oh, up to be damseled. Yeah, yeah, to be yeah. get captured and be and to be damseled. I mean, she does kind of get damseled slightly yeah. in a second, like towards the towards the end, but but also kind of not. Mm. Um, uh, they we so they split and then they go on a chase. The chase is also dark. They also just reuse the same alleyway over and over and over again. <laughs> like Lena yeah. is just traveling down this same alleyway, just yep. from different, just from slightly slightly different angles. Um, Death rides his scooter with a drinking Ashby down some stairs, which uh, is kind of impressive, but also clearly stunt people, <laughs> clearly yeah. not. Tim Thomason. Yeah, and like if it was a motorbike, it would look cool. With a scooter, it looks kind of lame. <laughs> yeah. um, I know this is going to be one of Kira's favourite parts of the movie. Lena uh, rides her scooter oh. through a window where an old man is decorating a Christmas tree. It's fantastic, and he's he's kind kind of okay with it. He's shocked, but then he's happy to open he's the just door. Enjoying, yeah. He's just enjoying a pipe and some milk, and then a girl comes th- through his window yeah, and, and then asks like, him to get asks him to get the door for her. And she's like, okay, and he's like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, brilliant! <laughs> it's so cute. I loved it. Um, he's a very nice man. It, it's kind he of, is. It is kind of funny though that like you so you see the scooter go through the window again legitimate stunt work pretty pretty good and then they cut to helen hunt just flailing on the floor with the sound of glass still breaking even though there is no movement (laughs) of glass in the scene like it just cuts to like i mean how else do you do it well maybe you have some 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 production assistants throw some glass (laughs) she's just laying in a pile of glass even though there's still the sound of breaking glass going on (laughs) Um, but again, I don't think that attention to detail. And is. also, they were right behind her as well. Come to the window and shoot. Yeah. She takes her time. Yeah, like, she she's really very does. friendly with the man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's awkward. She just drive in, drove into he someone's. Seem, he doesn't seem to mind. Yeah, but I mean, if you just. Maybe he's lonely on Christmas. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to have a visitor. <laughs> he totally would have offered her a hot chocolate. <laughs> Back in Chinatown. 
Death arrives back with Ashby to the to the apartment. Lena's patching up her uh, flesh wound because she did get shot during the the scooter chase. Mm-hmm. This well. is where Ashby um, finds Death's name funny, which become which has been like a but running it's also thing happened before. It. Yeah, it's like yeah. a running thing that people are like, really, that's your name. <laughs> well, something that's not clear is that Philip Phil Death is yeah. his surname is not Death. Yeah, it's. Deathland or something like it's a variation on death, so mm. it obviously got shortened in in the in the future, which is something that you know names do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's kind of funny. Jack Death. Yeah. Everyone's like really. Death, that's, death's that's upstairs. Death's in that apartment. Doesn't yeah. he? Doesn't want to go upstairs. Um. Death gets mopey about his sad wife because he doesn't want it to happen <laughs> again. He loves Lena. Uh. By my watch, they've known each other for maybe twelve hours. Yeah. 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 Well, they've had one night already, and this is the second night, so it's almost forty-eight. Maybe almost. Um, almost twenty-four. I don't know. It was daytime like, when yeah. he arrived. Oh, yeah, in the first, you're right. Yeah, the the morning, a morning and a night's and passed, a night, and it's and the next morning, night. And then yeah, the next right. night. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you can fall in love that quickly. I mean, that's better than a, twelve with a man that's come back in time and yeah. is inhabiting the body of your former one-night stand. Yeah. I mean, with that much drama happening around you, people tend to fall in Extre- love. As, as Sandra Bullock says in Speed. Uh, Relationships based on on extreme circumstances uh, don't last. Yeah, so they're going to have to base it on sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ashby smells like wild thing. Yeah, they make him have a bath. <laughs> they throw him into the. He has a lot of watches. Uh, turns out that he stole the long second watch. Yeah. Oh, because because death goes to use it on the stairs yep. and then it's not there. Which again. isn't clear in the moment. Like he just kind of like a he looks at. Yeah, something I goes, was oh. confused about that too because he said that he was going to use it and then didn't, and, and then I was like, did he just change his no, mind? No, he looks at or? his wrist and it's not there. But of course, in the crushed blacks, the glorious cl- crushed blacks of VHS, you can't see through, that you anything cannot, is happening. You cannot yeah. see. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole scene in the paper mill. You can't tell who the fuck is who yeah. on the VHS. You have, just have no idea who who is yeah. who. It's all crushed. It's all just shadows, and there's only light where they're shining light directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very dark scene. Yeah, um, yeah. So Ashby's got a long second watch, and Phil and uh, Phil's wallet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Death just flat up tells Ashby about his future, which causes him to be able to clean his act up and and have children. One would assume. Yeah. Um, puts him up against the wall and is like, you listen here, mister, you need to clean up your act. Yep. <laughs> and in that moment he seems to have quite a lot of respect for the, for the um, what are they called? The, the council. Council, yeah, because mm. he's like one of the best leaders of the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which is not the way he treated them at all when he was actually in the future. Yeah, very yeah. true. He had no respect for them whatsoever. And also, should we really be trying to save a... F- future where there is a ruling council. <laughs> yeah. There seem to be like some kind of isolated aristocrats of some kind What's that wild rule with me, an iron fist. What's wild to me is, and it's only just occurred to me, is the future is fucked. Like in this continuity, the future is Isn't absolutely Isn't it almost horrible. always like that? No, but like they don't have a lot of things. There's a great quake. There's a flood. Like clearly there's been real massive issues that this future has had to deal with. Yet they have time travel. Yeah, but you so know what I mean. Terminator. Yeah, but there's like it's completely post-apocalyptic. Yeah, but why isn't there an effort to try and like I don't know get all the people out of Los Angeles before the Great Flood? I don't know. Mm. Maybe they did do that. <laughs> That's so very nice. true. But you know, it's it, again, it's like it's, surely you want to change the it's future. To set up the premise of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, you're right. It's I'm a reminded. Movie. I'm reminded of uh, of of 
the cinematic masterpiece Highlander Two: The Quickening, <laughs> where <laughs> where they build a they build a, a sun shield across the entire Earth because the ozone layer depletes. Is there a new Highlander being like, made? I'm pretty sure there is. Uh, it's been in and out of production development for years and years and years. The, the Henry Cavill, I think, is being looked at. Yeah, they talked about Henry Cavill. The most recent Very version exciting. was being developed by Chad Stileski, the director of the John Wick movies. Oh, dope. Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, but then how can you how can you remake Highlander? Mm, you definitely can. Russell Marquet, he went to my high school. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Not while well, you were there. No, in the okay. 1950s. <laughs> oh, yeah. My bad. He's, he's, he's from the same town that we are from. He lived in this town. Bullshit. He went to the same high school that I went to wow. when, he was a, when he was a child and then moved away and obviously- How did I never know kid. that? How is that not a claim to fame of this town? Uh, because he made Highlander in the 80s. Like it's not- mm, Fair. Wow. Okay. Dope. Tangent City. Yeah. <laughs> Tangentville. <laughs> Tangentville? Yeah. It's like Tangent- Margaritaville. Tangentopolis. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's not tangent about the name of the tangent. <laughs> also, Highlander, uh, while a much more popular and broadly known movie, completely falls into the category of VHS treasures. Yeah, fucking own. Absolutely. We should do like- We'll do Highlander. We we're going to do a couple of big gonna, name movies. Yeah, uh, we should- uh, we're not just going to do like obscu- like super obscure shit. We're going to do yeah. stuff that was popular on VHS in the in the in the eighties. Yeah, dope. So it's the trash cinema, it's the exploitation cinema, it's action cinema, it's horror, it's it's science fiction, it's whatever. Just because a movie was a big hit doesn't mean that we're not we're not necessarily going to do it. Dope. Yeah. Death calls Whistler to make a deal. All he wants is the girl, and he's willing to trade Ashby for it. Lena is super super pissed off, but it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. They use Lena as uh, Lena and Ashby as bait, and Whistler bites, grabbing Lena straight away and shoots at Ashby, who was put on Death's trench coat. Is meant to look like Death. Is that not an extremely dangerous plan? Especially because yeah. that's the that's point. the man that they're trying to save. Yeah, and they put him in the line of fire. But this is also a point where I started to realize that didn't they say in the very initial setup to like go back in time and the council's like he's gone back in time to kill us and your ancestors didn't they say that i don't think that they mentioned i don't think i don't i think they mentioned that he has ancestors there but i don't think that the i uh, did i don't think whistler's plan was to kill i thought it, i thought that was said but i could be getting confused because at that point i was like why didn't he just use himself as bait but well, because he say, needed well, he, to kill he him. He kind of does use himself as bait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, he does. But Ashby dresses, dresses uh, yeah. death. Yeah, and he has to kill him. But yeah, this plan is fucking, like, insane. Does not, should not work. Does. It does. Thanks to him using his long second to well, save the girl for the second time. Well, we're not there yet because death can't count. Yeah. <laughs> there was six shots whistling. Yes. And then Lena's like, that's five. five. Was that a comedic beat? I, I guess it's meant I to be know. funny, but yeah. like death can't count. <laughs> maybe math is a problem a, in the future. Maybe, a, maybe math is scarce in the future. He came, he came out so confidently. And he, that was clearly and the plan. Got shot. I think that was clearly the plan. Like we'll get him to use his bullets on this so that then he doesn't have any and then I can shoot him. And Why would Ashby agree to that? Because he's drunk. 
Yeah. But also, like, so he knew he was going to double cross I don't think they told him what the plan was. Yeah. They you just stay down there and wear this him. and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll come get you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come get you after. Yeah, wild. Yeah, once again. Um, but why did, how did he get her by surprise if this is the plan the whole time? Well, because that's to, the plan. Yes, to, but, like, surely he could have stopped her before he grabbed her as hostage. No, she's bait. That's how bait works. There's two baits. <laughs> there is. Double bait. Double bait and switch. <laughs> why does Whistler why has Whistler not brought any trances with yep, him? Yep, that's a great question. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he usually has backup. I guess he truly thought that Death was gonna just Trade? Because we're led to believe that, like, he has the whole force as a trances right now. Pretty much anyone uh, he wants in yeah. the city that's dumb. Well, yeah. anyone, that's, anyone that's a squid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whistler does try to trance Lena, but she's too strong mm. because she's very strong-willed. Mm. Very strong-willed. And police are not. No. <laughs> yep. It's an audio medium, but I'm making a face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whistler tells Death that Phil would have married Lena, which means that they're related. Yeah. But this is the thing. Like, at no point has it occurred to him. No. Which is wild. He doesn't wild. seem to seem too affected by that news. No, no. Not, the movie does not give a fuck. The movie's <laughs> really like, doesn't. movie's like, eh, it don't matter. It's fine. He loves her. But like, he, uh, uh, Whistler is also like, you fucking idiot. How has this not crossed your mind? Like, it's obvious. Like that they're gonna get together. Yep. I don't know. Anyway, Whistler throws uh, Lena off the roof, and Death once again uses his slow second. Uh, to zip line down a cable to beat her fall and catch her. <laughs> That's, right. That's fucking great. It's so good. That's it's right. so much it's oh. so much fun. But um as he is zip lining, he is passing through the space where she should be falling. And she is not falling because it's nineteen eighty five and our budget is four hundred thousand dollars. Oh great pickup. There's a shot of her falling, right, towards the towards yep. the uh, I know exactly the, the ground. And then we cut to death and he zip lines down and he literally goes past the space. Yeah, she, she should have been in the background background falling. But budget and nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Um Ashby can still throw because he is the hero of this movie? He fucking <laughs> is. And well, at the he's end, been death doesn't death doesn't really get his man. He kind of gets his man at the end, but he doesn't stop death his gets man. Fuck all. Um, Ashby, death gets beaten up the whole film. There's also that really cool shot of Ashby drinking in slow motion, like pouring whiskey pouring whiskey into his yeah. mouth. Yeah. Um, Ashby, he's been he's been practicing because we saw him throwing with the with the homeless people. So yeah, clearly he's kept throw, his kept his skill up. The throw that he does hits like the ground when they're playing kickball in the paver mill. He's clearly meant to hit a square on the wall, and it goes like straight at the guy's. Feet. The guy was the guy was crowned the strike zone. He's <laughs> swaying he in the swaying. strike zone. <laughs> Can't sway in the strike zone. That's not baseball. Uh, so true, he hit true. him intentionally. Um, so yeah, so Ashby uh, knocks Whistler off the roof with one shot, and then knocks him completely. Yeah, because so he's holding he's on holding to the on. edge. He hits, yeah, he hits, hits him again. So allowing, death and gets, he falls into a he falls into a convenient fountain. Yeah. which was Lena going to fall into that fountain? Was that fountain there before? Yeah, it's it's in the it's a, there's a. I mean, they don't do a lot of geography work in this yeah. movie, but yes, the fountain is there. The, I, the fountain is a real fountain that's there. That yeah, just, yeah. The yeah. So Lena definitely wasn't going to fall into this fountain because I swear, like. It's not there. I swear it's not there when she's falling because in the zipline well, scene, the shot we don't is looking see, up. Do we? The shot's from the ground looking up. You don't, 
there's just that's what I mean about there's no geography. Like we don't get a wide where we see that there's a building and a fountain and everything. Yeah. Like the movie also, doesn't establish that kind of geography. What it's street has a fucking fountain on it? It's Chinatown. Oh uh, yeah, right. It's okay. a part of Chinatown. That's right. why there's all the all the the neon and there's a temple lined in neon behind them. Right. True. 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 Or some Chinese architecture at least. But yeah, so you were saying that uh, Ashby's the hero of the film, like. Death literally gets his ass handed to him time and time again and point blank kills like three different people that don't really need to be killed. Well, he killed Santa. Yeah, he <laughs> kills Santa point blank and the the dining lady and that's mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. So he does yeah. sweet F all. But Ashby, Ashby's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, they capture they capture Whistler inside the gun grip where the vial the time travel science goo vials are. <laughs> um, they're broken. Meaning he can only send one of them back in, in time. Yeah, and the one is broken, one is still one is there. fine. And and they try they try to turn it into a like the choice into a big moment. Like Whistler <laughs> challenges him. Like he can go like death can go back, but if death goes back, he's gotta kill Wisling, and Wisling has six kids. Yeah. <laughs> and um uh, also, but, but Whistler doesn't know that he doesn't have a body to go back to. Yeah, to but this is, to. this is why, like, in, like, I don't want to say better movies, but other movies, the renegade cop doesn't blow up the body because you want that moment to be like, oh, he actually... He makes the oh, right moral choice. Yeah, he wants to, to take him to justice to no, take that. him to court. No, fuck that. But, Send like, we already line. know. We up already know. <laughs> He's not going to do it. He's like, I don't care. No stops. Send yeah. him back up the line. Also, didn't he just make a fake plan with Whistler to stay there forever with the girl? <laughs> yeah, which is essentially his real plan, yeah. it seems. And uh, so... Uh, he jabs him with the with the science goo vial time travel nonsense, and Wiseling comes back very confused, mm. um, which gives us some insight into Phil. I think Phil would have been very confused to find himself with Lena in bed. Yeah, yeah, true. And now Death can't come back. Fucking Phil. Is Phil f- permanently know, on pause? Just Phil so has just ceased to exist. Where is Phil's mind? Just, so many questions. Death just stole his he, ancestor's he, life. He snatched yeah. his life. But like causality means he always did. You know what I mean? He always stole his ancestor's body and yeah. had it off with his great-great-grandmother well, we and used we his ancestor's body to regenerate himself. Yeah. Or... <laughs> They don't care. And they just want him to get the girl, and it's how they could figure out yeah. to let him get the girl. And it sets up sequels. Also, also, <laughs> bloody... Just, just what's not his very nice to Phil. Yeah, Phil is in an eternal prison of death's making. Yeah. Um, he, well, he's paused. Yeah. Though I imagine now that we know that there are sequels, and uh, at the end we see um, McNulty as the, as the little Which girl. Which leads to McNulty. The, like, we can't literally McNulty just end. bring more goo and... Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could just send more. And yeah. also they sent it directly to him wherever he was when he needed so something. He so do, all he has to do is like, they, it's like, oh, he hasn't come back for a while. Could, they just send it to he him. He could yeah. write on a piece of paper, need more goo, and just put, it put it in it a time capsule somewhere. <laughs> that's that's thinking about it too much. He just wouldn't have come back. And anyway. they're like, Where, why is he coming back? But it doesn't matter because he wants the girl. Yeah. So we get our happy ending. <laughs> 
happy ending. We get Beth and Lena are together. And yeah, our final, our final, yeah. final shot is McNulty in the child watching again, which is kind of creepy. A little girl Cut just in credits. the middle of Chinatown. So she probably didn't go back home. No, she's, no, probably, she's just, probably just been lost in Chinatown yeah. for several yeah. Yeah. for a whole day. <laughs> Just wandering around. Yeah, so, she's still in her pajamas, isn't she? So yeah, yeah it's the, the same, same yeah. pajamas. Yeah, she just got lost in in Chinatown. Poor yeah. thing. She, yeah, her poor parents. Yeah, probably um, freaking out. Yeah, such a good time. <laughs> but um, have you seen the sequels? Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to tell you anything. What is about the conceit of no? But just tell me what is oh, the, the conceit, conceit of, of the, like the Lena conceit. coming back and like what what happened? The conceit of the second movie is just. Amazing! You can't I remember the. I remember details. the second. I remember the second one pretty pretty well. If you were going to make a sequel, I want you to use your imagination for. Well, maybe not you. <laughs> I want you to use your imagination for for a moment. Thinking about the amount of inf- the information that we have learnt in this movie, uh, all of the the many things that we have learnt. What would you do if you were going to make a sequel, Kira? Well, they know that he's there, so they send someone else back to give him some sort of mission to do with yeah. somebody else in that time frame. Yeah, Would or like, like they send him back further. There is a very specific piece of information that we have learned about Jack Death that is the basis. Oh, of the to sequel. save his wife. Moral. Oh yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. But save you're his the, wife. But you're on the correct. You're on the correct path. So um, my question is: Is Future Cop two going to be on our list of potential movies in the future? You'll have to travel down the line to find out. <laughs> Appropriate age to have seen this motion picture experience. You always go first, though. No, that's why I'm making you do it. No, I don't want to go first. Bernie's just going to say like forty five. No, 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 no. All right, let's think about this. Uh, what is it rated? It is rated M for mature yeah. audiences. I think everything we've watched has been rated M. Yeah, I think so. Again, Australian ra- Australian plus. rating system. So in the US, I don't even they don't have the equivalent of an M. M is like fifteen mature, mature guidance. Yeah, because it's not fifteen plus because that's a separate yeah. rating. Uh, well, fifteen plus doesn't exist yet. Fifteen uh-huh. plus was introduced later um, to bridge between M and R in Australia. In Australia, R is eight, is eighteen plus. In, it's equivalent in America. They call that an NC seventeen. So an R in the United States, I think, is like 50, is actually fifteen ish. What? Yeah, what? or uh, equivalent of our MA plus. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. MA fifteen plus, I think, is the equivalent. What's eighteen in in America? Uh, NC-17. Oh, right. Okay, right. sorry. And sorry, movies sorry, sorry, sorry. that are NC-17 can't be advertised. I swear I've heard Americans talking about R ratings, though. Yes, an R rating in the US is much more severe. Like a like two fucks get you an R in the US. Ah, uh, right? right. So I would want to say that... Uh, it's, it's got some adult themes in it. But nothing really too much happens. There's no blood. Except for that um, piece of that lady that flies off. Yeah, but beginning. even then it's like green chunks. No, it's red. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm going to say a solid seven, I think, because it's like young, like young me would definitely watch this and enjoy it. Yeah. 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 I think so, guys. Seven. I mean, like, I have no notes on this. Like, it is a great film, and that's why I reckon kids can view it. See, I would justify younger audiences being able to see movies like this because it is so good. 
I don't think that seven-year-olds shouldn't watch it. I'm I'm questioning whether or not seven-year-olds would actually keep watching it. Like, I don't know whether it's kind of we're, comic we're assuming book superhero-y enough. I mean, for the, a, we're assuming that it's a seven-year-old who likes watching movies. Yeah, but mm. and still kind of like there are aspects of this movie that I think would appeal to to kids, but there's a lot of just kind of relationship drama and. <laughs> Plans and there's a lot of wholesome points, though. Yeah. And there's a lot of unwholesome points. They kill Santa. They also, they also kill Santa. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't. But it's I'd, clearly not him. I don't feel like me as a seven-year-old would have kept paying attention to this movie. Do you so think I, you would have been I, bored by it? I think I would have lost att- lost focus yeah. before the exciting stuff happens mm. in this back half because in the back half there's lots of chase scenes and things happening. And there's everything. action. Kids love action. Yeah, but yeah. Lena would have kept me, like, entertained. Yeah, but you're a... Boy. You're a boy. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I just don't think that, yeah, I think I would need to be older to care enough about what was happening. So I would say closer to like 12 to 14. But that's not really, you're not talking about a rating now. You're talking about like. Well, when a kid would enjoy it. When but, a kid would enjoy it. But we're talking about when they should be allowed to see it. Oh, yeah, I but I don't think we're question. doing, we're not supposed to be doing it. on. Well, then in that case, I'm saying PG-13. Yeah, okay. Okay, right. fair. Yeah, but we're not re-rating the movie. Like, you know, like we're not Kira's right. We're not re-rating the re-rating the movie to what we think it actually the rating should be. It's just like what what age do you think that it's appropriate for a kid to watch to to watch and and would enjoy this in this movie. I think a savvy 7-year-old could get past the things that they shouldn't watch. And I think me as a seven-year-old would like it, but I definitely think you're right. It's yeah. probably more of a PG-13. Yeah, movie. I just don't think that it. there's not a lot, lot happening. In the front half of the movie, it's like you get that first fight scene and then there's a lot of talking in rooms and yeah. pointing at things and then he goes forward in time and <laughs> yes. they're in a... That's a great way like, to summarise it. You know what? That's what you should have said in the premise section. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the future and then he goes back in time and there's a lot of pointing and talking in rooms. Yeah, so I just don't think that a, that a seven... That a seven Seven-year-old me, anyway, would have made it to the point where it's exciting for a seven-year-old. In all honesty, what age do you reckon you would have enjoyed this film? I just answered that, 12 to 14. <laughs> but, like, legitimately, you reckon you as a 12-year-old? That's not the kind of movie that I was watching at 12, but I also didn't have anyone introducing me to this kind of cinema yeah, at 12. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So I don't know what my life would have been you like. You didn't develop if a taste for it till later. Till later. Yeah. So, um, like, I only enjoyed violence in movies after I got into pro wrestling, so <laughs> yeah, which was no, no, fairly no, no, no. recent. There is yeah. there is uh, uh, pro wrestling like six years, six yeah, or seven years. Like what were you all about in movies before then? Characters, but I just character didn't, dramas. Yeah, yeah okay, I, get I was. That. Uh, it's not like I hated all violence in movies or anything. It's just movies that were centered around that didn't interest me. Yeah, yeah. silly actions. Yeah, was not was your not, thing. Yeah, no, not really. Famously, yeah. within our relationship, we watched the movie Goon. With I Sean hated Williams. it. I fucking love that movie. And it is such a fucking great movie. I showed that movie to Kira, and Kira was just not into it at all. Right? Yeah, Ellie yes. fucking hates that movie. Yeah, and we, we, you know what? There's a different. Like, I never tried to convince Kira to, to love Goon, mm. right? But I had Goon on again, and she started laughing. Yay. Yeah, and I freaking years loved it the second years, years later because her taste had changed because 
because of pro wrestling and because of because of the types of movies that we that we watch. That's together. a beautiful story. And, and so now <laughs> Kira loves loves Goon. Yeah. So uh, it gives so me goosebumps every time I watch it. I actually fucking love that. Movie. Is, Legitimately love is, that movie. I, yeah. That is do, such a I fun do too movie. Now. But the thing that also gets he's me such is a like, sweetheart. Like he's a sweetheart that yeah, does brutality, both. and that's the thing that I really like about him. <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. There is, and Kira knows this. There's the scene where they're in the bar. And it uh, it's like cutoff time. It's like last drinks, and the yeah. lights go on. And he just says, "Sad." The violence, the beer, all of it. I fucking love it. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> he just verbalizes what you he's say that all the time. He just verbalizes what he's feeling, yeah. and it's so funny. And to <laughs> me, to me, that's the point of the movie. Like. He's just a dude that he's just a sweetheart dude that happens to be good at fi- good at fighting, and he just yeah. Anyway, Distraction City. No, no, no. I Tangent, love it because it's yeah, very so old, the movie Goon. almost toxic masculinity idea of like of what being a man is. Being yeah. a man is yeah. yeah, and it struggles with that, and it's. Yeah, I really like the beautiful. sequel. I really like the sequel too. There's a sequel. Yeah, Goon: The Last of the Infor. I didn't even know that. It, it it's not. It can't hold a candle to the first movie because the first movie is lightning in a bottle. It really is. But the but it is a solid movie. I didn't like Goon, the Goon sequel the first time I watched it, but I've come round to the Goon to, okay. the, to the Goon sequel. Anyway, distraction. Yeah. Anyway, my yeah. point was that um, yeah, twelve year old Kira didn't watch this kind of stuff and didn't. Yeah. So I can't tell you without a doubt that I would have liked it at twelve fourteen. But I feel like at twelve fourteen, I had the attention span to get past the period of time where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I feel like at seven. My twelve or thirteen year old brothers would, would have been watching watch this and being like, "How sick is it? How sick is it?" and like punching me in the arm and like giggling with me, and I'd be like, "Yes, this is dope." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was three in nineteen eighty five when this movie came out. <laughs> yeah, you watched it when you were three. No, I don't. Uh, think, I don't think so. I, I remember watching it. Like I have the very distinct memory of watching it twice with two different names. Um, but it probably took longer to come to VHS in Australia. It may have been out for a while, um, and I'm pretty sure that. I saw the sequel soon after, and the sequel was made later, obviously. Um, so I think that I would have been between six to eight. So in, yeah, yeah, between six to eight when I saw this. Movie I swear that happens every but time Kian, we do but this. But the thing is, is that Kian is the anomaly. No, oh, yeah. no, no. I, I don't feel like I mean, we are. I, am, I feel like we're different sections of it. So. I'm the weird kid. Like I'm. <laughs> I get it, but like I honestly feel like every week it's. The age that I say I would watch it is the age that Kean did watch it, and the age you say that you would watch it is the age that like someone around me would have been watching it. You know? Mm. Yeah. Except yeah. for that time that you said zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you watch this again if you're in free will? I think I know the answer. Yes, absolutely. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, we're gonna watch the sequels. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I would. I want to show this to Ellie. Like oh, this you is a ne- movie. you'll never get her to watch. Well, that see, but that's that comes down to my salesmanship, which I am not very good at convincing anyone to do anything. But I feel like if I sat Ellie we, down and started watching this in the right like vein, she would have a lot of. Enjoyment. What we should definitely do is make her listen to a three-hour podcast about it first. <laughs> she she actually the little bit of this podcast she has listened to, she really enjoyed. So like possibly hmm. uh, new wrinkle, new wrinkle that was Kira's idea, which I think is a pretty, pretty good pretty good idea is. We from this point onwards are going to be rating movies out of five. I love a good five star scale. Yeah, five star scale. Yeah. So okay. ratings are based completely on subjectivity and personal preference, not do, objective film craft. Can we do a quick historical rating that doesn't have to stick very well? We are going to retroactively rate. Nice. 
the films that we have previously done on the podcast. My ratings are freely available on, on Letterboxd. <laughs> and we're going to use the scale that I use on Letterboxd. Right? Okay. okay. So I, I mean, I didn't invent this, but I have the way that I rate movies on Letterboxd is five stars, right? Yep. And I rate movies this particular way. One star, I hated this movie, right? You can also do half stars, but one, I hated this movie. Two, I did not enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. It was a movie that didn't do anything for me. Two and a half, it's fine. I liked parts of it, right? So, like, I, you know, if there's a movie that has, like, a great sequence in it, yeah. but the rest of the movie is kind of garbage, right? It's yeah. 2.5, 2. or, you know, just not very interesting. Three, I liked this movie. Four, I loved this movie. Five, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. So wow. that's our scale. So who is going to go first in rating? Uh, Jim Carter. Okay. Well, I didn't hate it. It definitely did something for me. Yeah, I'll give it a f- Ooh. <laughs> is there such thing as this a three point five? Yeah, you can do what you can do halves or whatever. Cool. I'm gonna. Yeah, go I almost love this. I almost love this movie because I feel like I I did love this movie in the context of this podcast. Mm-hmm. But in the context of all movies. Oh, I want it to be in the context of all movies. Three. Three for Jim Carter? Point five. 3.5. 3.5. You almost love Jim Carter. I almost love Jim Carter. That's how I would rate that. Wow. Is that what you're giving it? 3.5? Oh, no. I fucking love Jim Carter. Jim Carter's a four for me. Okay. Wow. What are you, Brody? Wow. There's strong ratings, I think. I, I warn you that I will I will rate things higher on this podcast than because yep. because there is yep, I'm also I'm very aware of my the lens of nostalgia through which I watch these movies. I'm changing mine back to a three. Okay. Yeah. I'm very aware of the, the lens of nostalgia with which I watch these movies. And I do not come into these movies objectively in any sense of the word. Like the the memory and the experience of watching the movie and the fact that I watched as a kid is innately part of my experience with these movies. And so therefore Jim Carter is a four. Jim Carter is not a fucking four, yeah. right? So if, if I'm, if that's what I'm saying. This is about personal preference, completely sub- subjectivity. If I'm rating Jim Carter for craft, yeah, it's a yeah, much okay. lower rating. So I would say that because we did a podcast on Jim Carter and it was super fun to record and we had a great laugh about it, it's a three. Three. Yeah. yeah. Salute of the jugger. Oh. You go first this time. Me? Yeah. Oh, I really actually like have a strong love for that after that podcast. Oh, God. Um, I got you. I got you. With you that really one. did. I now look back you on it with such a different view. Again. Yeah, I think I need to. Um, you know what? I think a four. A four? A four. Jugger? Yeah. Uh, flat out for me, five. Jugger is, five. Jugger is one of my favorite movies ever. That's a movie that I could put on at any time, at any time, and sit and enjoy all the. And all See, the that watching. makes me surprised that you hadn't already shown it to me. I thought you would have shown me all of your favorite movies. I think I did, I, or I think I attempted to, and I was not interested. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, mine for Jugo is going to be a three point five. Yeah, solid. Okay, uh, wild thing. Brody can go first. Solid one. Oh, well, look! You, I feel like that's you also also. Uh, in our previous podcast, say that you fucking hate this movie. You open with, I hate this movie. And then we, throughout the podcast, you're like, no, but I had a good time. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like when I think about the movie. It's not like a bad time. When I think about the movie. just don't think about the movie. Yeah. Like I hated the, the. 
entire conceit of the movie. Yes. But, but in, <laughs> I watched the movie and enjoyed the yeah. watching of the movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to have to be a 0.5 then because it's half in one camp, half in the other. A 0.5 of what? Of what? A 0.5. Oh, no. Is a one, 1. 1.5, sorry. 1. Okay. 5. So a bit above hate but not quite didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Did I get that wrong? One is hate. Two is didn't do anything for me. 2.5 oh, is five. Yeah, okay. So. It's five. 2.5. 2.5 2. 5 is fine. 2.5. Yeah, like it's a perfectly serviceable movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Or is it a two? No, didn't I think do it's two. Two. Yeah. two. Yeah. For me, one thing. Go on. 3.5. <sighs> it's a three. I, I really I, I really like the movie and I wish I loved the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I wish, of course, like yeah. my, my thing with Wild Thing is, as I said on the previous, I'm just going to fucking rehash the previous podcast, which is that I I like all the elements of Wild Thing, but the total doesn't really come together. And for me, just rating it subjectively, it's a three. It's a three point five. I will rank Wild Thing a three. Ooh, solid. So same as Jim Carter. I yeah. did like Jim Carter more, but <sighs> I can't do a three point two five because that's just getting ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm saying three because three is I liked and I did. I liked th- that movie. I liked Jim Carter more than I liked Wild Thing, but Sounds I didn't like love you're either. Off then. No, well, there's. No, I think she's fine. Okay. It's fine. It, she's established. You know what? It's a, it. What it is is it. You've got a high three and a low and a low three. Yeah. Right. But without getting into point fives. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's fine if that's the new level of nuance you want to bring to the <laughs> discussion. <laughs> and then we come to Future Cop, aka Trances. Mm. I really enjoyed it, but did I love it? Mm, I loved it. Four for me. Four? Four for me because I loved it, but it definitely isn't one of my favourite movies of all time. See, I've given Jaga 3.5 and I, I really enjoyed that. Did I enjoy Future Cup more than I enjoyed Jaga? I, also, I like, did. It's different. It's different flavours. That's know, the like thing. Jugger in my head is not as tasty. Uh, Jugger in my head is more tasty, but Future Cop I enjoyed watching more because it's- Well, you gave both of them a four. Four? Do I? Yeah. You gave Jugger a four and you gave Future Cop a four. Oh, well then my, I think that's pretty spot on then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking my, 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 my scoring of these movies very seriously. You should. Mm. We, we're taking everything in this thing way too fucking seriously. <laughs> so why not the scoring? Honestly, if you'd listen to this podcast, what the fuck is wrong with you? This podcast is hilarious. Don't like, don't subscribe. <laughs> so bad at self-promotion. You need a shirt that says that. I'm going to say 3.5. Future Cup's a four for me. It's on its way to a five. Yeah, like, I understand re- you liking Jugger more than Future Cop. I have reacquainted, the fact that I have reacquainted myself with Future Cop after, I've seen it in the last 10 years, but but I've obviously watched it like almost three times this week. I feel like it's a movie that I'm going to come back to a lot and I feel like, Eventually, I would make it a five. Uh, names in the credits for Future Cop. The stunt coordinator of Future Cop was Dan Bradley, who is still working as a second unit director. He is mostly known for his car action work. He's like a car specialist guy. And unfortunately, the shaky cam fighting in the Bourne sequels <laughs> and that one Bond movie where they went Bourne. Quantum of Solace. <laughs> so he worked on Born Supremacy, Born of Made Quantum of Solace, and recently Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. He also directed the remake of Red Dawn, which is a movie from the 1980s mm. that, by John Milius that, that 
Um, we might get to. I don't love Red Dawn, but like if we start running out of titles, you know, in like <laughs> ten years, we might get to it. He was also originally cast as Jason Voorhees <laughs> in Jason Lives. The director was. Yep. Wow. Dan Bradley, because he's a stunt guy. So they cast a stunt guy as Jason, thinking that a stunt guy could do Jason. Uh. And then they fired him because a stunt guy can't do Jason. You need an actor playing mm. Jason to do Jason. But his scenes are still in the his scenes are still in the movie. He was in Jason's Jason Lives, which is my favorite uh Friday thirteenth movie. Um the makeup effects for trances were done by John Beekler. Um he worked on a bunch of Charles Band movies. He's a name that that I've seen in credits lots of times. Listen to the, what this guy worked on in the eighties. This isn't everything he worked on in the eighties, but it's but it's um but it's pretty impressive. Friday the thirteenth part seven, the new blood, which he also directed. Nightmare on Elm Street four, the Dream Master, Halloween four, the return of Michael Myers, Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare. This dude worked on Freddy, Jason, and Michael Myers. That's Hector, insane. And did the effects work for the zombie effects for for this movie. <laughs> That's awesome. And transfer effects. Transfer effects, yeah. What is a transfer? <laughs> Have we answered that question? I don't no. think anybody knows. Okay. It's a lot um, of things. Next episode. Yes, it's my turn. It's we my turn. To, it's my turn. I'm excited to see okay. what the next one is. So the way the picks work is that if a movie isn't picked three times, it's struck off the list. This is a new rule that we invented last week, and it may return at a, at a, at a later date. Uh, last episode, Wes Craven's Shocker was struck out with three strikes, leaving us with to begin with, with Showdown in Little Tokyo, starring Brendan Lee and Dolph Lundgren, it has two strikes. If it is not picked this week, it will mm. go back into the store. Now, uh, we've made a deal last week. No, so you tried no, to make a deal. <laughs> we did not so make a deal. I present to you your first option, which is Showdown in Little Tokyo. With Brandon Lee. Of, of who you are a fan. I am a big fan it of is, Brandon it Lee. It would be our first actual R18 film. Intriguing. Yes, I am genuinely a fan of Brandon Lee, and that does interest me, but I would like to see what else is on the menu. Okay. Uh, what I've got next for you is Iron Eagle, starring uh, I've heard of Jason this. Gedrick and Lewis Gossett Jr. Oh, I've please definitely describe, heard of Please this. describe the cover. Oh, okay. There's some explosions and army planes and... Steve Harvey. It's a fighter jet. Fighter jets. My apologies. Two men standing on the front looking very, very serious. Do you want to read us the tagline? Or do you want Brody to I would love Brody to read us 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 the the tagline in his best trailer voice. Iron Eagle. His father has been taken hostage. The government's hands are tied. So they're going in alone. Waiting time is over. (laughs) I mean, that sounds fucking awesome. He's known how to fly a jet longer than he's known how to drive a car. <laughs> he has, in fact. Fuck. <laughs> and is that discount Tom Cruise? Uh, Jason Gedrick? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So this is discount, uh, 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 what am I thinking of? With Iceman. Um, I'm just going to let you use it. <laughs> no, don't you do it to use, me. It hurts my brain. How much rope would you like? I'm willing to give you all Oh, it hurts my brain. I have so many Seriously? mental blocks. You know my brain hurts. Don't remember the movie Top Gun? <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, yeah, so this is definitely discount Top Gun. Doug Burrows is an F-16 fighter pilot in a, on a daring mission to bring his father back alive. If he succeeds, he will return a hero. And a man. <laughs> Iron Eagle. Your second option is Iron Eagle. Yep. Okay. What's the third? Kieran already knows this movie. I may have 
I didn't stack the deck, but what I did was slide something very important to me into the deck that Kira is already aware of, and Kira is very familiar with this motion picture. Have Do you I want to make a I've, guess? Have I seen it? Yeah, you've seen this movie. You've seen this movie more than once. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess at what I've sta- what I've slid into the deck? Cool. Trying to think <laughs> of what you have on VHS. It's not going to be Bill and Ted. Lost Boys. I don't know. Lost Boys is a good, good is a good is a good guess, but it's not the Lost Boys. I present to you as your third option, Carlos Estevez, otherwise known as Charlie Sheen, in The Wraith. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Um. Hmm. Uh, you need to give that cover to Brody because Brody, I don't think is familiar with this I've movie. I've never heard of this movie. Ooh, it's a holographic cover. It is slightly lenticular. Yes. Very exciting. Uh, oh my God, Randy Quaid's in it. There's a lot of people. Uh, so what would you call that? A spacesuit? Kind of, yeah. Uh, do do the <clears throat> do the voice. An evil force took his life. An unearthly power has brought him back. He's a phantom. He's the wraith. So it's kind of like the crow. Do you not remember this movie? You have seen it. I, it feels familiar, but I thought it had oh motorcycles in it. I thought that you... Okay. My expectation was that you'd be like, oh, it's The Wraith. I know The Wraith. All I can say is you have brought in movies that are very likely to knock off Showdown in Little Tokyo, you son of a bitch. I tried. I tried real hard. It's a choice. As I said last week, you got $3 in your pocket. It costs $3 to rent a movie. You can oh, only take one. I remember this movie. <laughs> Brutal band of road pirates force innocent drivers into unofficial drag races, claiming their cars as prizes. Then a mysterious stranger arrives with an unbeatable turbo intercept. Yeah, it's the race. (laughs) Oh my God. I did not realize it was going to be a racing movie. Yep. It's going to be be real hard not to just pick that. Is this Fast and the Furious before Fast and the Furious? No, it's it's something so much more special. Is this why you love the Fast and the Furious? No, no, (laughs) not even a little bit. We love the Fast and the Furious completely on its own merit. I mean, it is great. Mm, Not recently. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that I loved this movie, or not loved, but that I liked it when we watched it. I was entertained by The Wraith when we watched it. Yep. It's got Cheryl and Fenn in it, which is why you love it, mm. Kian. Well, I'm, I am telling a story with my choices. Yeah, <laughs> I need to introduce. I need to set up Cheryl and Fenn. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's fine. So I'm pretty like yeah. From my memory, I, I really enjoyed this. This movie is also quite good sounding, and I have not seen it. Which one? Iron Eagle. That sounds like Jim Carter level Iron of fun. Eagle. Yeah, it does sound. And the, the, the description on the back includes the term uh, extraordinary friendship, which which is <laughs> the kind of thing that I enjoy. <laughs> but so, there is also Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yeah, which has Brenton Lee. I do love Brenton Lee. Come on, Dolph Lundgren. But I have love. a feeling that I feel like Brandon Lee in Showdown in Little Tokyo has a better chance of coming back. <laughs> I mean, they're all come yeah. back. Don't forget these two have two weeks now. Yeah, but I have a feeling that we're always going to pick the new movie, so I'm worried about you not picking this one. And then when it comes I'm back wa- to me, they're being too exactly. I worry that it's going to fall into the same trap that oh, Straight Outta Little Tokyo has fallen no. into. I, have I created, really want a kung fu movie. I have created a game. Kung fu and movie. you must play the game. Kung fu. <laughs> If he's sorry, Saul. I'm definitely not picking Showdown in Little Tokyo at this oh, point. Oh, 
Oh, wow. After it was almost a certainty last week, it will be three strikes and out no, and off the pick Kira, list give me a for at least a little while. Yeah, I want to not pick Wraith because I feel like I'm being manipulated into picking Wraith <laughs> by the hosts of this podcast. I agree. But... You know what I'm not going to do if you don't pick Little Showdown Little Tokyo? Pick Iron Eagle, but I'll get another shot at it. <laughs> Damn it. Threats. <laughs> don't play the game with the person that invented the game. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go with Wraith. Damn. I mean, it looks dope. Is it Ghost Rider? Um, but I can't say anything. Yeah. Other than I'm extremely pleased by that choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so don't listen to us next week when we talk about the Wraith. He emotionally oh, manipulated me into that it choice. Does look, it does look <laughs> fucking awesome. Wrapping up, social media handles. Uh, you can follow us at Weird Kid Video on Instagram and Twitter where we will be posting things like the uh, front covers of these VHS tapes and also potentially little clips and things um, so that you can understand what we're talking about in these episodes. Don't like, don't subscribe. Don't listen. What are you doing? Make better choices. You Go outside. Definitely subscribe and, you know, leave a review if you have anything interesting to say. We'd like to hear your opinions on our opinions of these movies. Yeah, don't go outside. Outside's scary. Particularly if you've seen them and even if you haven't. Uh, And seen. And seen. You didn't say it. (laughs) (laughs) 